weird. It feels so weird. Hello, welcome to your Auntie Could Never family gathering. Your favorite aunties have arrived and now the party can start. I'm Auntie AK and I've come to the party with Auntie Nana and Auntie Sade. And we're sending love and apologies from Auntie Farah, who's out in Grenada dealing with her family's life and stuff. And she sends her love. And it's also got a bit of a bad back. So send some healing powers and good energy to Auntie Farah, please. Please. Um, and in the meantime, get your plates, get your drinks. We're about to start the show. So we're going to have to skip the game unless anyone wants to play a game. No, I feel like we should do, talk about Ghana, though. Okay. How are you? Oh, I was about to say, how are you? How are you, my aunties? How are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, it's all right. It's cold. I don't like this. No. I've decided that from next year, I'm not going to be here for winters. I don't know where I'm going to be, but I'm not going to be in the UK. I, I can't do this. That is too cold. Fully I agree. I could agree with that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Auntie Sade and Auntie I, Auntie I, Auntie AK, myself, <laughs> Auntie okay. I, we're back from Ghana. Mm. Um, I concur. Frick the cold. I came back and I cried at the weather. Um, yeah. But we're back. How do you feel, Auntie Sade, being back? Um, it's bittersweet, isn't it? Because I'm happy to see like family and staff and friends and like my cat. Do you know what I mean? And I, mm. I like my little place as well, kind of thing. Like my home, quick chuckle comforts. But you know, it's just grey. Well, actually, the sun was out yesterday and today. But yeah, I was gonna say like this has been kind of bright days. You guys brought some. Well, you brought the sun back in a fashion. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but like, it's it's just grim, isn't it? Like, it's cold. Like, I've got socks on. I've got a little blanket, my bespoke Billy blanket here, <laughs> keeping me warm. Um, yeah, and just like, just like the hustle and bustle of it all. It's just, yeah. I, I, I miss Ghana. Like, and I'm probably gonna miss Ghana for a little while. Um, I miss, yeah, same. I miss, I was, like I said, the last, maybe the last week or so, I was wanting to come back home. I kept saying I wanted to come back home so I could just check. It's like I wanted to check in on home, but definitely go straight back. Like if I have, if I could portal in back home and back here, back to Ghana, it would be so wonderful. Um, I came back and did not love my flat. I definitely want to move. <laughs> and, um, I, I, to be fair, now they five being back or whatever I'm definitely like oh my little cute flat it served me well but when I came back I was like every single place I stayed or every place I visited literally my flat fits in that place 20 times over or so maybe five times over but I'm exaggerating but it's just been <laughs> the relaxation I definitely needed because the end of 21 was terrible actually for myself personally um and so yeah it was really needed respite and it was very lovely to be with my family on that side. It was great for my daughter to see her side of the family. She had a wonderful, wonderful time. And it was great um, <clears throat> connecting with Auntie Sade outside of the UK. We went up and down to some auntie things. Yeah, we did. We did visiting. Yeah, I saw all of the auntie shopping and the auntie, the rich auntie going out dining. I was like, look at these guys living life. Yeah, I must say. enjoying. <clears throat> what, was our, what was your best restaurant you went to, Auntie Sade? Oh, definitely cozy. Well, ooh, 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 ooh. So, it's what was the food like 
if you're going to say to like like fine, fine dining, dining. Like traditional fine dining then i would say Kozo. i just loved it i love the food love the cocktails love everything like the atmosphere everything was that like, decor loved it and the service was on point as well but if you're going to say like local foods definitely mangoes for me like although that is the time when we got accidentally high um <laughs> not to incriminate anybody or any establishment but they 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 <laughs> That's when we went live. That's when we went live. Yeah, that was before you guys. You guys should have actually collate the drink before or after a, that. A guide. After it was after. Well, sorry, say that again. Say that, say that again. Understand. You should. You should collate your pictures and do a little guide, and then we post it on our page. Okay, we, so that yeah. like people can refer back to when they're going to Ghana for December. Well, we where you guys went yeah, we should do that. That's a good idea. Um, yeah, yeah. I definitely. I think fine dining was. Cozo and um we did go to Bistro 22 that was nice but we oh yeah but that's like middle of the road that's no, not like... Bistro 22 sorry what was the one uh, Santuku Santuku oh I yes yeah, yeah, yeah. um sushi oh yeah <laughs> I mean how many places did you guys go to okay so food I think I've only seen pictures for Cozo we went to that's with the big cocktail glass no yes. Yeah. I had cocktails. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we were that, that, that place looked nice. Yeah, that was lovely. Okay, so all the places I wrote was Bistro Twenty Two, Cozo, yeah. Santuku. Yeah. Uh, listen, living room. Yeah. yeah you best, love living room. I didn't go the there. Best to laugh. It's local food because they they've got like fine dining and local and local food. Then you know you're getting local food. Lo mango and living room were the best that we experienced in local food. But the jollof in living room, boy oh boy, and the wache. Was it spicy? No, it wasn't even a question. It was spicy. It was just beautifully made. Just tasted okay. like jollof should taste. And um, But they had the shit off wherever you go shit off. And I think that Living Room had the best shit off because a lot of the place had very salty shit off, which I wasn't a fan of. Starbucks was also nice for their jollof as well. Oh, uh, yeah, we went Starbucks. But that's like local. That's local as well. Local. Like, not, I guess, fine dining. Fine dining. Fine dining was sent to. All of these places have indoor kitchens. Yes. When you're talking about local spots, um, are they still kind of local, higher end? So, like, like I went to one place where it didn't, like, they cook, like, the tilapia and stuff outside, but I can't remember. The All name. outside and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Bella Afrique is an open kitchen, but it's not outside because Bella Afrique is yeah. outside. Oh, yeah. Like, you like Bella Afrique. I'm not so much. I thought, I, I thought it was okay. I, I liked my good. salads that I had. And I, the second time, the avocado oh. salad was bad. You know, it's brave. Um, so we had a good time. Yeah, I, I mean, oh, lovely time, <laughs> lovely mm. times. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So we got accidentally high. It's basically my fault because I saw someone drinking a drink, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, we should have that." Uh, but the, uh. <laughs> but the waitress didn't tell us what it was, and we were drinking it. Um, Fast. Yeah. What was it called? It's called drip. That's really? I, I, I don't mm, uh, what? what's wrong? I don't know. Because does it not have a Ghanaian name? No, 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 no. the local is drip, that's what they call it. Because it's like in a, a drip bag. But they okay, sell it okay. everywhere. They don't just sell it there, they do sell it in other places too. No. Okay, 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 okay. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's what I was just wondering. Um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think um yeah, so we so yeah, we had we had that and we had the strongest flavour. Yeah, then the 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 waitress 
didn't think to give us the lowest. She first of all, she was like, she didn't want to say what was in it. And the guy next to us basically, he's like, mm, this is really nice. However, I think it's got CBD in it. So I and as well, it wasn't just Auntie Shadow's fault. It was like, okay, CBD in the UK is like I my, didn't hear that either. See, either. I heard that and I because CBD in the UK, the level, it's nothing. I've had CBD CBD drinks yeah, in the UK. Nothing happens. So I'm just thinking CBD, and that's not the THC. THC is what makes you high. CBD yeah. is the relaxation. So here's me thinking, all right. So we're like, yeah, let's get some of that. Mm. It's like it comes like a slushy in a drip bag, an actual drip yeah. bag, and you drink it. And we was like, oh, this tastes like we're chewing, swallowing weed. And then kicked <laughs> in, me and Auntie Shadow flying high. It's high. Like at one point, I knew I was just like, yeah, I should stop drinking this now. But let me have one more sip. <laughs> it was tasty. It I tasty. Just, I was. I actually have. I filled myself. I don't know why going to the bar, saying I'm really high right now. Did you <laughs> stay yeah, in was, the restaurant or leave? We had we to, to go home. home. We were supposed to go out that night. We had to go home. There was no way. There was no way. When we was in the car, we had to go on like the motorway. I was freaking the fuck out. Like, oh, I was no. like, "Okay, hey, take off my necklace because <laughs> <laughs> I'm all my ear is so heavy." Yeah, I went tunnel vision. I like. I could have gone out, but I went tunnel vision as well. I was a bit like, "Okay, okay." You it was unexpected. And the waiters, we were asked two waiters, like, yo, yo, bro, what's in this? And they just laughed at us. And yeah. there's a third waiter that came along and he was like, so, madame, what's inside? <laughs> it is. No, it. but they all got to answer, who gave it to you? That's yeah, they are, and they were like, we're like some woman and she's gone off duty. Coincidentally, she's gone off duty. Like a <laughs> and then he was like, madame, what's inside? Um, a variety of vodkas and weed. He didn't even. <laughs> and we were like, so like, how much weed is it? Like, a, a, you know, is it a quarter? Is it eight? What the hell? And he goes, it's just weed. I don't know. How much. And he, he was laughing. He's like, yeah, you're going to be hungry. You're going to be feeling flat, like you're flying. Yeah. We're like, but he didn't. Didn't he say go home? Like, don't go out. He did say that. He said no, don't go out because you, yeah. you want to eat. It's like I would actually stay and eat, maybe buy more food, but nah. And we'd already had the fufu. So that when yeah. we went, like, those of you who watched us go live, we'd had the fufu. That fufu will send you to sleep. Yeah. So on top of that, we've got that then feeling high. It was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. It was in hindsight, lot. I want more, but it was a lot when you don't know what you're getting into. <laughs> I want to go there. That sounds weird. It would be fun. I, I um it's definitely I mean, I, overall, as Aunt Shelley will attest to, it's really wonderful and lovely to be out in Ghana. It's it's mm. just a really good time. Um going out is fun. We'll just maybe let's lessen the Amapiano piano takeover, but even that was in itself, it's fun. It's all fun. Yeah, I yeah, I don't really mind that too too tough, but um, but yeah, it was it was good, man. Just like even like seeing people from the UK as well, that was nice. Do you know what I mean? Like just being in this, I don't know how to sit, but just being in the sun, it's just nice. Like, do you know what I mean? Like waking up in the sun is hot. <laughs> it's what yeah. you mean. And just what's also inspiring is the potential that I mean, obviously. What a lot of people were saying to me, because it's been 14 years since I'd been to Ghana, and on the real, it's people like, oh, could you live out here? And I said, it's too early for me to tell because it's somewhere that I haven't been. And also, I was living nice. I was living comfortably. My family are comfortable. The family that I stayed with, my daughter's family is comfortable. And, you know, they're successful. So there's a bubble that's created when you're living in that way. And then that's what we were discussing last week when people are saying, you know, like, oh, my God, Africa. And then the locals are like, nah, but 
real talk, our lives aren't that easy. When we've got lights off, our gutters, our this, our that, our standard living standards aren't great. So mm. it definitely can put you in a bubble. And the reality is you must be successful to be comfortable living in Ghana or maybe other African countries. But definitely if you're comfortable, it's a great place to live, but it has its problems. It has its problems. Yeah. It does. It does, it does. So that's, yeah, that's it. We, yeah. We'll definitely put together our, our top sites and stuff and on online and um our guide. Yes, our yeah, guide, guide. guide to where you went. Yeah. All righty. Let's welcome whoever we're welcoming to the family, Auntie Nana. Okay. Um, so welcome to the family to Maxwell Chikombutsu. I'm hoping that's how you pronounce his name. He is an inventor and founder and CTO of Safe Holdings, his company he created, which is the first to create the RF-powered TV. It has zero wires. Um, he goes on to say, in 2003, God gave me a vision of an EMF-powered generator. There were many disappointments and obstacles at the beginning. Then in 2015, he proved that it was possible and it can be done. From that day, I faced so many threats upon my life. I was called names and discouraged. Even some of my relatives and friends felt I should stop working on the EMF generator we called GMP. However, when God starts something, no one can stop it. Yes, it may delay, but it will surely come to pass because God is not like man. We started off as a dream and today it is now a reality. We have successfully developed a solution that powers televisions, smartphones, laptops and computers and fridges, just to name a few. Goodbye to wired home appliances. Welcome to the future with the world's first free energy powered 55 inch Samsung TV, which you can see on his page. He goes on to say, to God be all the glory. Now, what this man has gone on to achieve is just spectacular. Because if you think of like the what goes on in Africa with how the electricity is controlled, if you have free energy appliances, you'd mm. be able to run your business and you don't have to worry about what the government is doing. I just mm -hmm. wanted everybody to know his name. It's Maxwell Chikombitsu, because we know that this technology may be taken away from him, but go onto his page on Instagram, like follow the company. It's amazing what he's done. And he is a Zimbabwean inventor who has come up with this technology and should be, he should be in all of the press at this moment, but he isn't. And that's always for a reason. But yes, welcome to the family, Maxwell. I, do you know what? As you welcome, definitely welcome. And um, is he an uncle, uncle, a nephew? What is it? He's an uncle. He's like our age. Okay, well done. Because I was just seeing, I was googling him and saying, like, you know, they're saying that he didn't create the electric vehicle and uh, assigning that to Elon Musk. And hmm, he created a car at age fourteen that yeah. did not need to be charged, and they're taking that away from him. Saying so they're trying to fact check it. You look better. Let's follow him and celebrate him and make his name ring out, man. Colonizers, <laughs> you know, you know, right. you know that sooner or later, in a couple of years, there'll probably be some kind of either a Chinese or some inventor in Silicon Valley that's gonna then come out with their version of this RF technology and be like, I created this free yeah. energy device. But yeah, it's there, it's working. He's in Africa, he's been taking it around the world, showing it. So, yeah, hopefully, he'll get his just dues as well. 
Yeah, man. Later. Anyway, yes. Okay, so let's go into what have you heard? This is where you pick up a news story from the past week or today and we discuss it. Auntie Sade, what have you heard? You're still on mute. That's uh, you're on I... mute. <laughs> I have... Why are you still on mute? This, this is weird. Now, what about yes. now? No. Okay. Cool. <laughs> okay. So, what have I heard? So, this week, my story is about um, basically UK firms or UK companies in the UK are trialing a four-day work week, and basically, this is just like wow to me because like four days out of the week, obviously, traditionally work five days a week. That's kind of been in place since maybe the beginning of the industrial revolution i think um and and that's kind of like what we know but they've launched this uh pilot um and uh they will be people employees will be asked to maintain like 100 percent um productivity um even though they're working 80 percent of the time now and their costs will not change so their salary will not change um Apparently, Microsoft trialed this in Japan and their uh, productivity went up 40%, which is very, very interesting. And I guess I wanted to know from you guys, like, are you are you uh, keen on this as, like, also, like, business owners, business leaders? Are you keen on this? Do you think it's something uh, that we should be rejoicing and saying, yes, bring it on? Or do you think... Um, it's gonna it's gonna mess with things. Do you know what I mean? How do you think it's gonna impact our society here in the UK? Auntie Nana. Um, you know, I am I'm kind of for it. I, I think the less people work, the better. And I do think if you have a short amount of time to do something, you're probably gonna do it more effectively anyway. So I'm I'm for them trialing this. But just to add in another caveat onto it, um, following on for the technology angle, Elon Musk is always saying that the more robots that are going to come along, like you're going to need to fill humans' times up with other things because they're not going to be needed to work in the workforce in the same way. And this just feels like actually if they start introducing a four-day week and people get used to it and then maybe a three-day week and you get used to it, when lots of people become redundant, and you give them a universal wage, they'll be used to it. Like you're going to fill in your time with other things that you enjoy doing. And maybe that's what they're angling towards. Maybe it isn't about the work-life balance so much as they know you're going to need to get people off of being addicted to working five days a week because they're not going to have the jobs in order to do that anymore. I think that's what it's about. That's interesting. I'd like to explore, because I don't think, I don't know there's a sci-fi show or film that explores that space where everyone's on a universal wage and the and the robots are doing the work and we as humans have got nothing else to do what are we how does the world look if we're idle in that when it comes to work and we have no responsibility work-wise because they've been they've been the the powers that be have been keeping us distracted by long work hours and having us as worker bees but when we're no longer worker bees what will be because the idle minds, as they say, they start getting into trouble and we start thinking. We have more time to think and understand and look into what they're doing. So how will they distract us? 
Um, that, that's an interesting perspective because the universal wage thing has been something that's pushed, been pushed even more to the forefront, especially with COVID and lockdown mm-hmm. and things like that. And I definitely think it's the way forward. But I'm also wondering, like, what does what would a universal wage look like whilst we're not working and we're subsidised by that? Um, what's the tiers? How would it work? And like, will there still be classes? Because if everyone's on the same wage, how does someone, how do, how, how, how do the rich, how do we discern like who the hierarchy of classes? That's, that's another. Ain't this, ain't this um, communism or socialism? Was it? Yeah, communism? It, is, it is, it is that. And it's finally the, the balance between that and capitalism. No, because um, communism is still, you work. You're still all working. It's just that there's no, like your pay, um, yeah, your pay is set by the state. So it wouldn't necessarily, it would be new. This is new. We don't have a society that has that yet, that we've seen. I think it's too close to dipping. I don't know. It feels very slavery-like to me. I don't know. I feel like it can be just abused. Like, I just think like, or, or like, not in like the traditional sense, but more like in the matrix sense, that you're just idle and like your energy is going to be used to probably something untoward. Because everything's always been presented as sinister, isn't it? It's either you're either at war with the, especially from a sci-fi perspective, the ro- you're at war with the robots and you're at war with the society that's taking stuff away. But if they're giving us, a living wage that we can survive on that everyone agrees like this is actually all right essentially and we've got less days working down to less okay let's stick with we've got three day four day working week we but this it. isn't about this isn't about a living wage though this is about just a four day week yeah so yeah we do you know yeah. what I mean? If, whatever you earn at the moment, if you, do you know what I mean, or whatever you're paying your employees at the moment, they would get the same amount of pay for yeah. less days for working less days. That's what it is, mm-hmm. basically. Personally, I I think it's I think it sounds like a good idea, but I just think like the pressure to be able to complete what you normally complete in less time. I think that that is that I don't know if one day off I don't know if it's a reward enough for that do you know what I mean because I think about like you know just working you know previously working in a corporate environment and like say women who've come back from maternity leave and having to do their full-time job like basically on a part-time you do you know what I mean on part-time hours really and truly and although they wouldn't necessarily um, it wouldn't necessarily be structured like that, but it it, it was it all, always came back to that. Do you know what I mean? That they were doing, they're trying to cram so much in little t- in the little time that they do have. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like this is kind of like similar to that in a sense, that kind of thing. But I think I think, it's, mm, I think it's about adaptation. So it's like how we would adapt to because in the end, one day that potentially will be normal. So what? How? Because how do countries that take siestas at three o'clock operate? You know what I mean? There's the Mediterranean countries that like, you know, everyone breaks at a certain time. All the countries that break for religious or take religious breaks, but yet they're still Yeah, they still they still get their work done. Yeah, they still maintain. So I think it's a it's an adaptation. And which part is it gonna be a Thursday to a long weekend, or is it 
a late weekend start where you start on Tuesday. I wonder which which way does it go? It could, it could like does that even work here? That, that doesn't work. You wouldn't be have to do it at the same time. You couldn't do it at the same time. How would cafes operate? How would like shops operate? Like mm. they're open on Sundays. Like do you know what I mean? Like you just couldn't. You would have to stagger it, right? Yeah, and I was going to say well, you would, you would stagger your staff. From a business point of view, does that mean I have to have more staff? for like less work do you know what i mean to cover those gaps that are not covered you know so like say if you know if it's, it's just uh, yeah, it also depends industry as well kind of thing mm, yes. you, know, yeah. you know if i'm doing events i've got events every day of the week do you know what i mean like and they're only working working four days rather than five then that's problematic really and truly so i think you could just get less done there's more pressure on on the team to get the same amount done in so the time. We've I mean I've always asked for a longer weekend. I always like, oh I've only had a longer weekend. But I know that feel I'd still fill in that extra gap. If I had work to do, I'd still be working on if say in my world the eight week ends on Thursday, I know Friday I'll be working. I think it's very different than working for somebody than working for yourself. Because yeah. none of us do a 40 hour week. Mm. That's that's a myth in itself. So if I'm working for somebody, though, I'm definitely doing the four-day week. Yeah. <laughs> and you just think of, like, how much time you can idly be in an office, though. And if yes. you're not, and you then just have to focus on your work because you've got four days to do it in and you want to have your three days free, you, you'll make it work. I think it's really, I love that, um, like, in France, they have that thing of you, you can't be contacted on the weekends. Like you shouldn't be working then. I actually think that's really important that you have your time away from work and you fill it in with other things. People will be way more creative. And it's not to say that if your working week is shorter, that doesn't mean that you do, like you you cannot set up your own business. You cannot do your own things. It's like, that doesn't stop. But I just think people will be way more creative. You'll make stuff, you'll make bread. You'll do gardening. It's like, you'll just do more for yourself than you do at the moment, really. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think it's a great idea. It's interesting the companies listed, they all look kind of like techie and there's certain companies that are trying out, they all look techie corporate. So yeah. they don't, off, off just looking at the list of names, it's not very creative. It doesn't seem like fashion, doesn't seem like, I don't see food and you're right, cafes and stuff like that. No, um, Morrison's but, apparently are trying it. Oh, is it? In the head office at the moment. But, but then, you're is right. it Morrison's? Oh, in the head office. I was going to say, because I was going to say, like, Morrison, like, the shift work anyway, so... Yeah. Going to try and try it there. There's, like, a bank as well. Yeah, it's it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting, but I do think... I don't know. We'll there's, something, it. there's something... There's, it's, I, think I think it's, it's so like workable. Hmm? I think it's workable. I think it's actually a brilliant idea, and more people should do that shift work structures you know it's like you only get shift work when you're doing night shifts and it's like that to me doesn't really make sense you don't get no I mean like your rotated shift work I'm talking about shift work so you know four days on three days four days on that's not just night work though yeah my mum did used to do day shifts and where's a nurse yeah yeah so it's like day shifts night shifts because they move you around yeah. I think more companies should take that structure to weeks when you're working with people because you're probably going to get more out of them if they have 
longer breaks in between them being on rotor than yeah. it being always five days a week and just a weekend. Five, five days a week. If you split it up, I think you'd get more out of your team than when they're set five days. So you're saying that actually breaking up the mundane routine of things is better for people. Yeah, I think I think that it would actually work better in today's society if you gave people four days on, three days off. Like you just you you messed around with the week a little bit more. I think you'd get more out of them because then if they wanted to go away, they could, and they don't have to ask for like a day off on Friday or Monday. It's like they could just slot it in within their rotated pattern. It'll be interesting to see, but I actually think this is really workable. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. So. I think we'll adjust to it. I think, I think if it becomes a thing, it will become a thing, and we'll find a way to make it work. It'd just be interesting the fallout because there's always going to be a bit of fallout. And shape, I don't shape. know. I really don't. I think I, I, I'm. I'm very skeptical about this. I think it sounds like a great idea, but I don't think it is, and I don't think it's just. I, I don't think it's actually very practical. Um. Yeah, and also like just for business owners as well, like you're just you're again like paying more. <laughs> I know it doesn't sound for you, but you're just paying more for less time. And maybe I'm talking about small business owners actually. Do you know what I mean? Like you're paying more for less time, and that is that that's squeezing us again, and that's that's problematic. I think. Do you know what I mean? Like for like. For, for creating actually new business and keeping the economy going that's like we make up a massive part of the economy to kind of like keep it flowing and stuff and it's just like okay what what like what benefit is it to us to do that but what what if what if it introduces a new culture where entrepreneurs then also have that bit of reprieve because we are but you, you won't though like uh, okay i i just i just don't yeah like because, because we have a weekend now and as an entrepreneur like you don't like you just but don't. I think that, that's the thing I think that's the point. maybe that's the point because maybe because we maybe we have a weekend so maybe if there was that because i know that for me during especially when it's a run up to christmas those times when it's run up to a point where the industry quiets like there's a point in the summer where the industry quietens yeah but that knowing that people are locking off or knowing maybe in my head if i know that on a Friday, most of the industry goes to sleep because there's that four day week or whatever, however it's rotated, then I know there's not gonna be an influx of um, emails and demanding response, call and response demand. It might give me that chance. Maybe I won't stop work completely, but gives me a chance to ease into the weekend and take Friday. I'm saying that's the, that's the day off. As a chilled, a more relaxed day where I can actually apply some other thinking to other parts of my business. Maybe if I know that the industry has stopped then, but that's more like having a very controlled, like everyone in the world is doing like Monday to Thursday. Maybe that's what it is. But if I felt like the industry was taking a break, it will take. It does take the pressure off me when I know the industry's on a break. It definitely helps. So maybe that's where it could, for entrepreneurs who feel like they have to be all, because also essentially you're playing catch up to the businesses that are running the corporations in it. So you're trying to make sure that you're competing at, on their level. But if you know that the world is relaxing, it might, change your mindset a little bit to not feel like you've got to be on 24 7 because there's a little bit of an extra break maybe it might it's, it's actually i'm just reading up on how this came about and basically in the 1800s well obviously like everybody was being worked especially black folk but people were working 80 to 100 hour weeks 
<laughs> and the 40-hour week didn't actually become law in the U.S. until 1940. Wow. So, this is, so the, the, the actual work weeks have, it's all relatively new. So then we can change it again, I guess, because that's not that long that we've even had the five-day week. And a lot of Jewish companies do actually run with a, a four-day week because they have Friday of their Sabbath and lots of companies aren't working over the weekend. So they actually have a four-day week anyway. So, yeah, let's, let's see. But this isn't that new, actually. Looking at the figures around the world, it's four-day weeks have been in with different cultures for a while. Let's, and let's longer. Get the, let's get the comments. Um, is that me this week? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, da, 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 da. Uh, Nicola says I can confirm that since the first lockdown, I have that I launched a four-day week. It's highly productive. I set it up to increase creativity and productivity. It also, I it also set it up so that parents could spend more time with their children. I also say up so parents could spend more time with their children. She also goes on to say, I recommend the book Talking to My Daughter About the Economy by Yanis Varoufakis, I think. Oh. Um, Ronald, Roland, sorry, says, um, I think it is the same way people get staggered days in the week. Some get Tuesday and Friday off uh, and those are their weekend. Um, it can work and will result in people getting more done. Um, and uh, he also agrees with Auntie Nana on it. And Ronald says, hello ladies. And also hello, says ladies. the 40 hour week was a union demand. Yeah. Cool. All right, we shall see how it plays out. Moving on. Um, Auntie AK, what have I heard? So, Joe Biden, I mean, if you <laughs> Joe Byron. At Joe Byron. <laughs> gosh, being wrong. Um, if well, Joe Byron has said, it was basically it's a conversation he had in 2020, to be fair, where he kind of, he didn't exactly say this in this way, or his intention, I don't think his intention was that, but he was comparing... George Floyd to MLK. And basically, this is what you said. This is the soundbite. Hold on, let me get it to the beginning. But even Dr. King's assassination did not have the worldwide impact that George Floyd's mm -hmm. death did. So the, it's resurfaced because obviously on, on um, uh, January 17th, Martin Luther, Martin Luther King Day in America, it's kind of around his birthday. His birthday was actually on the 15th, but they celebrate Martin Luther King Day. It's like a holiday, national holiday in America. And basically what he was trying to say is that the impact of Martin Luther King's assassination didn't hit the world in the same way that George Floyd's death did because of social media, the advancement of social media and um, you know phone technology but you know the politicians have taken it and said that's disgusting what he said you can't compare martin luther king to george floyd and you know they're actually taking the measure of the man rather than understanding the dynamics in my opinion of the power of social media and how the message gets spread across what are your thoughts did you hear about this story and what do you think is it another case of people can just make this taking what they want to hear and making nonsense out of it? Or is it is he totally out of order for even referencing George Floyd and Martin Luther King in the same breath? Auntie Charlotte. 
Um, I mean, I can I can understand what he was saying. I think they're just overreacting a bit, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just like he's not. And also, as well, I just think like, like people really romanticize Martin Luther King as well, kind of thing. And you know, there are things about his person that do you know what I mean are not necessarily very savory, do you know what I mean, that kind of thing. He was a human being after all, and he had flaws and issues, um, just like anybody else, just as George Floyd um, had as well. But I think it's just, I, I, don't, I don't know, I just think this is, this is just really nonsense. Uh, what I find more, what I found more kind of like offensive was the FBI, um, and they <laughs> tweeted about, um, Martin Luther King Day and I can't remember exactly what they said but like people were just going in on them on Twitter and rightly so because it's like you plotted no you basically had him assassinate right do yeah. you know what I mean you, you helped you you got him taken out and then you're celebrate like get out of here man do you know what I mean like it's just like you're the problem you're the cause um and you're trying to change or trying to you know, kind of reimagine what Martin Luther King, what he stood for, you know, he was, you know, he was a liberal guy, he was uh, anti-capitalist, he was, you know, do you know what I mean, like, um, a freedom fighter at the end of the day, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't, there's no way he would be supporting the FBI, no way, do you know what I mean, like, so let's not pretend that he was, you know, and like, Although he was, I, I guess you could argue he was peaceful in a sense, like he was very radical in his ideas in terms of like like implementing change, right? Do you know what I mean? He didn't want to do softly, softly. He wanted to get things done. And I think that part of his message is always suppressed. And yeah, I think I, think I hate that. I think that annoys me more than this comment by Joe Biden. Yeah. Auntie Nana. Um, you know what? In similar to the FBI, Joe Biden in that comment is trolling. Like to say that George Floyd's murder has had had a, a bigger world impact than um Martin Luther King's assassination is false. Although he's old enough to have been a granddad back then as well, it's like it's not it's just not true. Like you see the world rippling effects that this man had in actually just being a force for lots of different African nations rising up, like just the civil rights movement. It's like, come on, it's it's not the same. Yeah, George Floyd's murder actually changed certain things for like the last two years. There's been things that people have been pushing for and it allowed companies to be like, we've got to get behind this because there was a slight shift that took place. We don't know what his what his legacy is. Like you can't even compare the two. So to talk about it is just trolling, the same as the FBI. What they actually quoted was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? This MLK Day 2022 and every day, the FBI remains dedicated to service and committed to protecting our communities. The, like the specifically our communities is to me is just like that's just white people. And you're just trolling. You're using his words and you're trolling. Like you want this black rage 
why they're forever trying to stoke us I have no clues what what they're up to but definitely it's like I think it's all folly and Joe Biden is just like he's 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 a huge huge disappointment he's so disappointing as a president and just the democrats in in their totality are hugely disappointing as well you would hope that um he would have something else to say now 2 years on and maybe come back on this backlash to say something about you know at this moment in time maybe my my words in 2020 were hasty because da, da, da. like you would hope that he would do that but he's probably not going to do that the backlash is warranted and i hope more people just wise up to politicians and their ridiculousness um yeah i hear i actually put, put some extra thought on it because i was just like oh people the context for me i was like it's more about the 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 the, the spread of it in the moment because he mentioned also referenced the video that television helped show not showcase highlight put a spotlight on the civil rights movement when you saw the dogs attacking the 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 uh, I can't remember the person's name so that had a visual impact and that I think that's what the context of the conversation was so it is it's a continuation of context and actually people's intentions so if he was trolling that that maybe there's also there's that thing where liberals have that thing where they think they're down with black folks so they just speak mm. off their head without really penetrating what they're saying so even if you give him the benefit of the doubt that he wasn't trying to troll that he genuinely was trying to use it in layman's terms like this is something you can understand he got it wrong because you think you can speak on our culture and our thing just because you got onto the breakfast club or just because one two <laughs> celebrities um endorsed you so you think you're down with us and you know what we're thinking and it's taking for granted what we are what actually upsets us what irks us what moves us what we're really what re what our issues really are because to me, I just took it as a context thing. It's obvious that George Floyd is not the man that Martin Luther King was, um, and that's not for nothing. It's just standing. He wasn't a he wasn't a civil rights leader. He was an everyday regular person. So that's just his standing is different. Um, so I don't think Joe was actually even trying to say it like that. But yeah, all the things you said as well, disappointment as a. But actually, no, not disappointed because. He was always a limp lettuce. He was just a better of two, lesser of two evils. You know what I mean? So it was, it, I know I never had high hopes for Joe Biden, but just thought he'd do a list. I don't know. I didn't even think he'd do much, but it's just like a little bit of a, a respite from the madman with the wig. So, or the wild hair. Um, but yeah, not much more what you guys, and then the FBI, yeah, they can shut up. They can do one as Auntie Farah would say. <laughs> um, do we have any comments we move on to the next one or just a quick one i wanted to discuss um so roland says biden is definitely a huge disappointment and this comment was just plain stupid there are many other people in the civil rights movement that he could have have used yeah yeah that's true i mean they did they did assassinate quite a few of them as well yeah but like i said that again was its context because he was talking about the reach in regards to the speed of social media and what if because the impact that George Floyd has was huge, even though actually the conversation I was having recently, actually, um, maybe it's another topic, but um the 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 emotion and the reaction is waning. And mm. that's, lives... that's what I'm saying. If you think of the legacy of it, so it's like it's, it's two years, it's not and... that long ago, it's two years. Yeah, yeah. We're still like Martin Luther King has a day, like, yeah. and around the world, people actually really do hold reverence to his birthday. It's like yeah. saying it even in 2020, 
to me is wholly foolish because yeah. it's like this is a murder and we've been watching people being murdered it's just this murder wasn't a quick one it was eight minutes that these are it's not the same as killing a whole load of civil rights leaders it's not the same yeah but that's what that's what you probably and that's the thing you probably thought in the moment of his wokeness like yeah you know caught up in the fake woke emotion of what happened yes it's george floyd it's just all ridiculously performative um auntie nana what have you heard are the words oh okay <laughs> why have i forgotten what my story is okay all right so my story is on boris johnson and his latest shenanigans of woes so just this week it's come out that um there's another another party in may 2020 that he attended and this was in the height of our lockdown but at this point we also were not allowed to mix with any households and there was a party in Downing Street and then a few days later another story surfaced that there was two leaving parties on the day before Prince um, Philip's funeral that took place at um, I think this wasn't in Downing Street but it was in various government offices and Boris has allegedly told his MPs that there's an operation save big dog. So I wanted to know, do you guys think he is finally going to be shoved out? Like the ministers are going to make him resign or is he going to survive this latest run of scandal? What do you guys think? I have no faith in Tory backbenchers or frontbenchers or anybody to get rid of this man. I don't understand why he's not gone. I've been in Ghana for six weeks. Man's been doing shenanigans for the whole time I've been away. Why have I come back to the same prime minister? Why? <laughs> I have no faith in anybody. He should, he should have quit in 1984. He should, have quit. <laughs> he should have quit before. He hasn't. So we know he's not. And the people behind him, they're not. They're not doing anything. I mean, I know they're rumbling. The Tory backwards are angry. They know they want to get him out. Get him out then. What's taking you so long? Get him out. Lock him out of the house. What the hell? Barricade number 10. It's long. Man's going to be here until... until it's, it's, we're, in, we're in a dictatorship. Fuck a third world country. We're in a dictatorship. We're in a dictatorship in the UK. The UK is run by a dictator. That's it. Allegedly, I suppose. <laughs> Auntie Sade. Um, yeah, I think he's going to go. I think so. I think they're just doing formalities at the moment and he will have no choice to step down I think that the the association with him being at this party and the queen having to go to her husband's funeral alone I think that that is going to be probably too much for people to bear do you know what I mean like that it's just you know and like you know how much this you know so people in this country you know like protect the queen and all this kind of stuff like i think it's just like a step too far and that association also i think dominic cummins is he's not finished like we said this from the very beginning like there's no way he's gonna go and let everybody live a quiet, comfortable life. There's no way he is coming for Boris's neck, whether it kills him. Like it seems, like do you know what I mean? Boris is going. There's no two ways about it. It's just like who, who's gonna be next? And I think it's gonna be pretty. That's all. I think it's her. She's um, 
she's next in line. Do you think he'll go like after Sarah Gray's investigation? This is the one that's been tasked with actually yeah. like doing the report on these parties. Yeah. Um like subject to what she finds or just in general, it's like no, nah, if he's going. I don't know actually. I don't know when they're gonna time it. I think it has to look like it would be better. I don't actually I don't know what would be better. If the investigation, if your party finds you guilty, or if you just put your hands up and say, you know what, I'm done. Do you know what I mean? Because at the moment, like, what else has he got to, what else has he got to give here, right? What What's he bringing home? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's not, he's not calling another general election. You're not winning a vote. You're not, like, we're kind of through the pandemic. He's uh, reportedly going to um, cancel all of the COVID restrictions, um, you know, in the next week or next coming days. Um, so what is it? Do you know what I mean? Like, the, the, there is no battle for him now, right? Do you know what I mean? So it's just, I just don't, it would make sense for him to go. He should have gone out beforehand, so he went kind of on a high, to be honest. Like, I think he probably got too big for his boots and just thought, yeah, let me, I'm comfortable. Or maybe he needs to stay so he keeps the paycheck so he can pay for his 50, 11 children, you know? <laughs> like, there's that. Like, I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I don't think... I don't think he's going to be here for much longer. There's no, there's no real use for him. Uh, I, you know, I, I mean, I've said it before. I do, I don't want him to go because there isn't a suitable alternative. And like Biden is said to be the lesser of two evils. I think for the Tory party, he is probably the least problematic other than a bit. He's extremely stupid, but. I think if Gove gets in or Preeti gets in, woe betide us all. And the Labour Party are a shambles. Keir Sturmer, if they if he called an election, I actually think he could win it. Like I think he's got no opposition. Like nobody's voting for the Labour Party. The Conservatives would win. As long as he has his party on this operation Save Big Dog, I actually think he could he could ride this out because Sarah Gray is probably being paid by the Conservatives anyway unless Dominic Cummings has something major <laughs> up his Dominic team. Cummings is taking them down one by one. He yeah. needs something bigger, though. He needs to... Like, you would think, if you're playing chess, this would have got him out. But it hasn't yet. So but who knows what else bigger. there is? Who knows what else there is? And also, yeah, as he, well, like... He needs to bring it. I just... I, I, the complacency of the British public is just... Yeah, yeah, everyone's, everyone's apathetic. We're just tired. We're tired. Everyone's yeah. like, Ooh, who do we choose? Let's just leave that. People. I just, who I just isn't the set person who who nobody. is going to take over from him. Who's going to do Literally, it? Nobody. Like, it's no one's an ideal candidate. And I think it's that thing where he's that's what he's been trading on probably literally doesn't we care but we don't care anymore. We're tired because who do you choose from? So he's yeah. been like, I ain't going nowhere. No one's not forcing me out. Everyone's like Twitter outraged, and then afterwards I just go back to bed and. But the the problem is though, it's just like he's he's almost lucky of the timing as well. Yes, yes. Because 
if this was before, no one's following any rules. No, no one's doing that anymore. And you'll just have pure anarchy. And I think that is that is probably um, that's the that's the pretty dangerous one. And that's probably why he has to go. Do you know what I mean? Because if you, as the prime minister, like today he was saying, no one told him. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Do you not sign this off? Did you not sign off the rules? No one told you. Like, <laughs> no, he doesn't sign off anything. I mean, there's like lots of speculation that he literally is like he fumbles his way through things, and he's very charismatic. So he's yeah, just no. like fun time Bob. Like that's yeah, but this that's, is this is this is, this is what was it I saw? Like, this is what this is what I saw the other day um, about like you know we. The way that the posh people fear that and working class, you just need to fear people that went to Eton. You need to fear because every single one of leaders have been to Eton. That's nonsense. And also yeah. that video of him dancing with a with a black woman with a lightsaber. Oh, oh whose auntie is that? Auntie did whose that? auntie is that? Please. Why was she so hot on Scrubs in Boris? Like, what has Boris got that you would actually want him on your back? They were, they were actually time? drunk. How do you know he's not even he's not even smashing that? You don't That's know. Thing. That could be his chick. She you had know? a lightsaber. She probably whipped him with it in the bedroom. Oh, and it wasn't like he was running away. No, he was on it. And she was backing up on yes. it. And it's just like, can you not see who you're dancing with? It's Boris. Yeah. And then everyone's around and you think no one's, no one's, no one, no one's filming. Well, was that face ever in it? To be fair, she had back to the camera person. Like, who? No, her face is in it. No, she moves around. Yeah, her face is in it. You get a clear visual yeah. of her face. That's I'm just lucky. I'm just happy it's not like Diane Abbott, you know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> God. That'd be terrible. No, I think Diane has... I'll be stressed. I think she Diane's has... Diane's Diane has... Diane. Did Diane Abbott do a thing with... Am I making this up? Oh. 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 Did I make somebody. it up? No, did no, she? No, you didn't. Not, not, she was cute, allegedly. Not Archer, okay. right? Not Archer, not Archer. Jeffrey Archer. Jeffrey Archer. Was it Jeffrey Archer? <laughs> no, it wasn't Jeffrey Archer. <laughs> Jeffrey Archer, the criminal. Yeah, I've ordered. Oh, he is a criminal, isn't he? <laughs> yes. He's in prison. He really is. Jeremy Corbyn. Jeremy Corbyn. Um, red red border says Jerry Corbyn. Yeah, maybe. Because that's what is. So that's real. Allegedly. I swear, I tried to block that out. Like it didn't. <laughs> either way these politicians are saucy anyway because remember Edwina Curry found herself oh, yeah. John Major. John Major. John Major. John Major that grey man oh, I said that oh my god I said that today literally someone was like we were talking about politics. We were like imagine we're at a time where at one point John Major recently made sense and I said that grey man <laughs> he was so great I remember <laughs> seeing an image Politics is is utterly ridiculous. I mean, they may be different in their world. It, it may make sense that these people become leaders, but it is like looking at him is flipping amazing. And that Mister Fabricant, who people thought was a parody of um, Boris, <laughs> he's a real MP that people voted for. No, no, he's he's an Android. I'm sorry. I'm like, he's, Android, he's not a real person. That, that's, that's ridiculous. You know he's what he said about his hair? So he said it's not a wig, but he has hair enforcements. What is hair enforcements? <laughs> that's what I said. He must have a weave on. Like, that's a weave. Then. <laughs> Didn't he try to, he tried to clap back at um, Diane Abbott? 
I swear, was it Diana or someone? And um, he basically said, what, what did he say? She said something about, oh, that hair or something like that. And he was just like, well, at least I can make sense. I can string a sentence together. Like, imagine... Oh. Imagine it was just like shush, hush yourself and your wig, yeah. Just shut wow. This seen the, the absolute audacity of these people. He went on TV like that, you know. Yeah. Like, people were thinking you're a parody. I had to Google like, him. Johnny Bravo. I don't know. <laughs> Not even Johnny Bravo. Like he literally like Wurzel Gummidge and like <laughs> his cousin. Yeah, he did. He looked like, but like, it was still yeah. But either way, that man got elected. So remember when Dane was saying, like, you know, reach for the stars? <laughs> like, literally, politicians are really, like, any anything is possible. Anything. We we can be anything we want to be. So man, a weave on. And he was on and TV. to be honest, you know what? Like, if you want to wear a wig, wear a wig. But please, make it look good. Because it doesn't, it didn't look good at all. At all, at all. It's worse like, than both. Yeah, it was. It's just terrible. It's worse than Trump. Like, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing? Like, where's your hairstylist? <laughs> and 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 no. <laughs> I don't. Well, I can't believe his name, surname is Fabricant. <laughs> you are, you are, you sir are trolling us. <laughs> you are trolling us. He's trying. His name cannot be Fabricant either. <laughs> I know. I'm, from his name, it looked like no. This isn't real. But yeah, real. It can't be. It's like he works for the Onion. It's no way. <laughs> It's not. It's like the what's the what monster monster rotten party monster thingy party. And the thing is, why was he even rolled out? Was he the only person who wanted to speak to Boris? I think people Boris? literally did it because he looked like a parody of Boris. Like <laughs> journalists were having a bubble. They've been having a bubble. Like everybody, the media has been having a laugh. Remember on Saturday, all of them were like Boris out. All of the front pages were like Boris out. He can't survive. Da, da, da. By the Sunday. It all gone. It was like one day of let's get Boris out, and then they That's moved on again. It's, well with the media. it's just like fuck. It's like no one can take anything seriously. So it's like we're not we we feel like we're governing ourselves in a sense. It's like who's actually making rules and sticking to them? Let's get the comments. Okay. Uh Roland said silly American question. There are no silly questions here, Roland. When does the elections for your officials happen? This is an interesting question. The prime minister has to call it, basically. So they have to call. They have the. uh, We don't have it like in America, where it's like every four years. Like they have to call a general election, and I can't remember what the maximum time is. Five years. No, five. No. Was it Maggie in for ten years? Yeah. Yeah, but you can be in. Like, but within your time of being elected, you have five years to call a, a general election. Most people do it around four years, though. But um, so how long is one person and also as well, you can serve, you can consistently <coughs> serve, right? So yeah. if you win a general election six times in a row, ten times in a row, you can still That's stay you. in power. That's yeah. We don't do it where you have to come out after two terms. Like you can, you can continue to rule. That's why we're in a dictatorship. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. M- Margaret Thatcher had three three wins, and then her party turned on her. Yeah, I think the same with John May, um, not John Major, um, the other serial killer man, uh, uh, the Labour one that it's took us into the uh, Tony Blair. Tony. Yeah, Tony. That was three consecutive. Yeah, Tony. Wins three. Well, like 
You like Tony. What are you going to say about Tony Blair? Oh, was you, you a Blairite? Was you a Blairite? <laughs> I mean, I met Tony Blair. Things can only get better. I love that song. Can only... You know what? Yeah, when I was in primary school or secondary school, maybe first year, second year, I can't remember. But that was the year that Labour got in and we done a whole project on like the general election. And that kind of got me into politics. And I was like, so you had to like vote you had to you was put into different parties and I was like the Labour Party yeah we won yeah. <laughs> that really yeah I actually think that I really had that in um in secondary school because I, yeah. I I totally remember really uh, my family's always voted Labour anyway but really really being excited yeah, when, totally. um, what was the one before him that was all Neil Kinnock when Neil oh, yeah. Kinnock finally left and then it was like, oh, you never know, maybe there's going to be a chance and Tony Blair came along. Like, I was yeah. super like, oh my God, we're going to have a Labour government and yeah. it was really exciting for us young ones. Yeah. Until yeah. literally the Iraq war, that's when I was yeah. like, oh, come on. Yeah. yeah. That's Tony, Tony, did, Tony was very PR, he did all the rebranding, did everything right that politician did. Then he turned into a fuckboy. And <laughs> it stayed there without being prosecuted. Exactly, and he's out there on the on the on the on the. On the I had a, I had a debate with someone this week, like this week or last week, and they were like, you know, Tony Blair was actually good, and I'm like, no, we we've been spoiled now. Now we're just reminiscing on things. We want something. It's not. It's, uh, <laughs> if we weigh it up, <laughs> yeah, if we weigh it up, maybe, but it's a, that's the point. In our, in our generation, it hasn't even the best, though. No. Was it, how was yeah. life? He looked good. Like, no, but how was life? Like, did they were after school clubs? There yeah, were true, programs, true, true, true. music programs. <laughs> you even had just took us to war. That's fine. We had all the stuff, yeah. and then we lost you it. In the see, obviously, sorry, I'm not trying to trivialize all of that kind of stuff, but I'm just uh, for the joke. But yeah, no, it's I know just... what you're saying. Actually, while the labor. Yeah, while the Labour Party was Labour. in government, yeah, it was actually, it was all right for us. We had it an was. all right time, definitely. Um, but some but we, didn't, we didn't know. We didn't know the, the, the other stuff they were doing. We just didn't know at the time. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. It, it seemed it seemed nice. And now it's just hard for everyone. Because <laughs> you've got a bunch of idiots that are not passing their exams. Well, it's not they're... hard for them because they've been making money. Oh yeah, that's true. their friends. It's like I actually yeah. want to become one of their brethren because they yeah. should put out their friends. Yes, I was saying that today. Give me a contract, man. I'll make PPE. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will figure it out the same way that company had a learning curve. I'll yeah, have I'll a learning curve. I'll, I'll, I'll learn. I'll learn. Um, Ronald says, "My silly question. No silly questions. These are brilliant questions. Does the PM have to be an MP?" They have a yeah. they have an they have a consistent constituency 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 yeah and they have they have to win that as well no they don't have to win it actually they can still be an MP they, as long as they're leader of the party it's fine you know I mean? if they don't well, win it in order to get into being a prime minister you have to be an MP. Like, yeah. you see how, so you couldn't have somebody like, I don't know, Cilla Black. She's died now, hasn't she? Yeah, Thinking she's of Somebody that's alive, but like, you couldn't have a Trump come along from nowhere. Like, you've got to do your time, basically. You've got to have 
you got to be an MP. You've got to be a member of parliament. Yeah, well, Gary, Gary Neville is trying to be an MP, isn't he? So we yeah. might have, we might, if he joins the Labour Party, <laughs> he could easily, he could, he <laughs> could easily win. For he sure, could. he could easily In... be our prime minister. There's no two ways about it because the footballers will freaking no football yeah. fans will vote for Gary Neville. And then you have to He could do it. So if he if he gets a constituency, he becomes an MP, he serves. He's gonna have to do like a four year stint. Yeah, this country isn't gonna just allow somebody to get in and move up quickly. It's not how it goes. You so know, be about four years, and he probably. But then and he's he, got to rise up the ranks in the Labour Party. It's not he, he doesn't. He doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to because doesn't. also as well, he's going for mayor of Manchester. So if he go, if he gets mayor of Manchester, I'm pretty sure he's going for mayor of Manchester. If he gets that, then he's going to become a because this is exactly what Boris done. Boris became mayor of London and then he became MP. That's what he done, and then he became prime minister. And I remember him doing an interview saying, "No, no, no, I'm not in this." Well, well, I remember. I fucking remember it. But it like, think about it. It is yeah. a, it's a, it's a few years though. So maybe yeah. in five years, yeah, Gary Neville could. I feel like that's too soon, but he could be PM. Nah, literally, the way the world's set up, man could come in next week. You know. <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, like Keir Starmer is there say, yeah, Gary Neville should run. He's endorsing him. Yeah. And it's just a matter of like this can this could be fast tracked. And I feel like it should. I'll be interested. Imagine I'm rooting for Gary Neville. What the fuck? What is this? What, <laughs> where are we at? I know you know what? Else. I can't lie. I think he he he's trying. He's trying. Do you know what I mean? So I can't. He's the he's the best What's at the moment. Policy? And, not, and oh. I, I I fundamentally, fundamentally believe that. If you can change the hearts of minds of football fans, yeah, you can change this nation. So if he can do it... Oh, wait. What's his policies? Do we know if Hitler's his hero? It doesn't matter. about policies? No, wait. No, seriously. What if he's got posts of Hitler in his room? We need no, to know. No, I believe he could. As I said, I still think he set up the kids. So, but for the <laughs> Labour Party... They may as well. We've got Keir Starmer. They, well. well. they would win. It will be a landslide. There'll be pubs will be open 24-7. Like <laughs> according, to, according to the Daily Express. The Daily Express. news. Gary Neville was told he sounded like Tony Blair when he was outlining Ooh. his political political stance during a candid interview with the BBC. Speaking to Nick Robertson's political thinking podcast. Gary Neville said he wanted to live in a Britain which encouraged people to do well, but still looks after people that aren't, as he laid out his personal politics. But the moment sparked the BBC host to compare the former football aces' views to the political project embarked upon by former Prime Minister Tony Blair. His paternal paternal grandparents were hardline Labour voters who believed in the principles of social justice, equality and accessible housing. But he said his maternal grandparents were conservative voters who ran their own business oh. and believed in allowing growth and wealth. That, that perfect middle ground. Explaining where that leaves the views, he said, why can't we have both? Exactly. <laughs> He's another Blairite. For those that don't know, Gary Neville is like an ex-footballer. He's played for England, right? I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah, and he's pretty popular. And he's a uh, which team does he? Oh, he no, coaches the England team. He's the England coach. He's the England yeah, coach. Yeah, kind of thing. So yeah. Um, and sorry, Roland Arks does the 
Oh, did we ask this already? Does the PM have to be? Oh no, it does. Um, so right, so Roland asks, is it hard to be an MP? Yes, <laughs> it's not easy. Um, because depending on the party that you are going for, you get thoroughly vetted, and it's like they really do examine your life, and they they need a type of clean a clean type of slate but usually you also need to have lots of tentacles within the Labour Party or they pick you from within the community and try and groom you I only know people that have been groomed by the Labour Party to be a part of the Labour Party and it's not a simple process because it's politics and it's politics from the very beginning in how you kind of get in there how you make alliances and yeah I know three people who early stages were like I'm absolutely not joining this party but they were really involved at the beginning and then they start to see how you have to be a bit skullduggery to get further on to be an MP so not in the Tory party because uh, you know look at I think think in order to be a politician it's it's like being a footballer there's a personality trait that they're looking for because they need to groom you to do the job and yeah, it's not for everybody. Not everyone can be groomed in order to kind of... I think it's um, similar to American politics. Just American politics is more family-connected and bloodline-connected. connected. But it's the same thing. You get groomed and vetted along your whole, you know, your whole life, really. I think yeah. there's people who pluck well, out. Well, it depends who you know. That's the other yeah. thing. Another yeah. thing. Yeah. Like Boris. Yeah, it's who you know within the party. Boris, they're the eat and elite. Like, there's a, there's a yeah. school that you go to... That you know, if you go to this school, there's a chance you can get the through line to politics. Politics companies. There's yeah. lots of lots of different ways in, but it's not for the faint-hearted. And not most most MPs that you meet are hard because they go through shit. I always feel for the black women because it's like you're going through flipping slum to, to get to any type of standing, and it's like yeah, you have to be hard because it's not easy that. to to stand up there and deal with what they put you through i say i'd never do it but it's like there's some of them are just sitting pretty on a wage and just talking nonsense and then just go home and if you can stand the backlash and twitter you know getting attacked on twitter you might just go to take the wage and go about your business because not every mp is hard working in the forefront oh yeah definitely i think it's very hard for all black mps um yeah. and yeah it's harder and so the conservative ones i don't even always believe them but they have to be as kind of Uncle Tomish as possible, like all of them. It's like in order to get there, you kind of got to be that person. That that must be really really hard all the time because you're probably not like that all the time. Where I is hope. Sean and where is Sean? Has Sean still got his job? No, he ha- he had to resign. Has he resigned? I missed that. Yeah, he I... stepped down. He like like put his hands up. Well, or he got pushed. Whatever happened to him? He's disposable, so, isn't it? So <laughs> Sean hosted the. Oh, Sean, mate. Shawnee, Sean, Sean. <laughs> it's good. It couldn't have happened to a better guy. <laughs> it's like, come on, Sean. Is this what it's come down to? He'll be back this year later on. They'll let him back. He's going to come back as a Black Lives Matter or a rebel. No, I, I think he'll come back. Or will he? Maybe he'll try and be an MP. Like maybe he for? won't go for mayor. Like he'll for, I don't know. What's near Lewisham, like Broccoli or something? One of the conservative areas. Maybe he'll he'll like stand for there. 
guys, shall we move on? I feel yes. like we've put this to death yes. now. Yes, yes. Let's yes. Go. I was just wondering where Ralph Sean was doing. Okay, so moving on. It is now time for Auntie's New Best. Um, <laughs> this is where we explore some of your problems, some of the internet's problems, some of the world's problems. And we're going to probably, we're going to try and introduce like a bit of a topic where we get into the nitty gritty of some themes of the world and things that we um, feel like we should discuss. The first thing I'm going to do, quick dilemma that someone brought to me. So basically, dear aunties, my best friend's son took his girlfriend away for a spa break because he'd been away for work for a month. And my friend is jealous and feels that he should have booked a spa break for her. Should he have? Because basically she's like, basically. The mum. Yes. My best friend's son took his girlfriend away for a spa break because he had been away for work for a month. Mm -hmm. And my best friend says she's a bit jealous and feels like he should have booked a spa break for her too because... Right. Come on, stop, stop, just stop, just stop. This, just this, stop. this, 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 it, it, stop is the word. Come on, you know this is ridiculous. Like, no, it's, it, it is ridiculous, mate. He's not your man, okay? That's your son. He's allowed to take his girlfriend away if he wants to do that. Like, seriously, this is not about being jealous. You're bored, babe. Don't worry about it. Take yourself away. Go. Why don't you go with the girls? Do you know just what I mean? go on a spa break because you probably need it. Go on a singles or like do something. That's just no. This isn't on. I actually no. like. I really hate this sentiment from mothers. Like their sons should step up and be some surrogate man to them. Like he's already moved on because he's got a girlfriend and he was away for a month from his girlfriend. That's not you. Like you, you. Not everybody sees their child every month anyway. It's like he was speaking to you, but. He's back now. He's going to want time with his girlfriend to reconnect and be sensual and affectionate. That isn't your time now. If you want a spa treat, go on a spa treat or wait for Mother's Day and ask for a spa or Christmas. But you can't be being jealous. No. Imagine competing for time with your son's girlfriend. That's mad. That's mad. No, it's not okay. But is there anything the son could have done to show no. his... No! No! Why he should he? No, he wasn't going to... No! <laughs> no! This is not... She needs to... Take yourself to therapy, girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. got something to work out. Honestly, <laughs> if one of my friends came to me with this, I am going to be like, I think you need to go for therapy. <laughs> like, this isn't a... Oh, but he could have called you, sent you, no, no, none of your business. Like, actually, what you're displaying is you need a man. Like, you really yeah. are, you're, you're, you need a man, oh, dude. Okay, we have no other content. What if they're really close? And she's like, what's it got to do with a spa day? I don't understand. The point is, she's jealous of her son doing something with his girlfriend. You Not need a man, to. chick. You need yeah. therapy. Like yeah. this, you need to. He, he shouldn't be feeding into your jealousy in any way, shape, or form, or making yeah. you feel better. This is your problem. You got to go and sort it out. <laughs> There's nothing the son should do other than go about his business. And that's that because I, I actually agree. But I just wanted to check if there was anything that we could pull out of this. No, and see I, that, I think it's scary. I'll be scared of the woman. Honestly, I'm scared for I wouldn't warn the son. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd be like, so if you get any advice from your mum, I would say 
dash it to one side because yeah. he's probably going to be leaning towards you being single. Like, yeah. no, that's mm-mm. yeah, that's ser- that's creating a serial killer, serial killer type mom. All right, so that's that. Um, okay, so as I said, we wanted to explore um some topics and themes of you know just say. So- I don't know. I'll find a way to explain it better. But one thing that um, uh, we were talking about offline was um, about growing old gracefully. And it's um, something that as you get older, you're faced with like, what does growing old gracefully mean for us as women? And specifically, because there's, you know, there's certain, well, actually just for general, um, there's a certain kind of behavior that's afforded to an older woman, how we dress, how we're supposed to behave, how we're supposed to present ourselves. The, 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 even the down to the pastimes that we partake in, there's like an age cap on what we're supposed to do. Should we still be in the clubs at 45 past 50? Should we still be wearing short mini skirts? Should we, I don't know, all, there's all those type of things. So just wanted to explore the topic, growing old gracefully, and what does that mean to you? And have you, any, have, have, have you in the audience and to the other aunties, have you ever felt that you've had to kind of consider your age when it when doing things that you like doing normally? Um, jump in. I mean, I I touched on it a while ago. This was very early doors episode. It probably was like episode twenty when I was on Pretty Little Things, and they had um, they had some tracksuits that we used to wear back in the day. I think they were Sean John or something. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I wanted to buy it, but it felt like, nah, like that was 20-year-old me wanting to relive that moment. And yeah, all of you was like, if you like it, go and get it. I never did get it because I was like, um, not all parts of nostalgia are are good. And I didn't think I had the shape for it now as well. I think that's been the biggest part of growing older is I, I just was skinny for so long and then put on weight, and lost it, and then put on weight again, and it's just not as easy as the last time I lost weight, it's like, this is, it's so much harder, and that feels like, that's age, and sometimes, how I see my face, it's like, oh, rah, you've aged, like, how, in my mind's eye, how I see myself isn't how I present, so mm. it, it kind of takes me off guard sometimes looking in the mirror. Sometimes it's fine, but sometimes it literally is like a stark, like, oh, that's not how I see I look in my mind. And that's a part of, like, just kind of getting getting used to it. I was playing about with filters the other day and decided I'm never going to use filters because I was so like, oh, I love this look. And then went back to my face and was like, this is bad. This is unhealthy. Like I would just be putting filters on all of my pictures because it actually, there was like a a spring of joy that came about. And I was like, yeah, no, staying away from filters. I get why people are also like, I don't really wear makeup. For the first time I understood it with filters, like just because you can really become apart from who you are, like what you look like. So yeah, that was, I don't know. We're still young though at the same time, but I do feel... I'm kind of getting into what it what it means to be a bit older and being a little bit invisible. Um, and just to feed in before you answer, Auntie Shade, we the what spurred like what triggered this kind of convers- this topic was you mentioning Sex and the City, the actresses in there. I'll let you lead on that, and also Madonna's antics. Um, Madonna is someone that's definitely been accused of not growing old gracefully, but also as much as she does absolutely irritate me why should she be quiet and 
wear Marks and Spencer's shoes and long skirts and not to diss Marks and Spencer's, but I just pulled that out and um, just be quiet. Why should she? She's always been eccentric and attention seeking from when she was young. And why would she change in her 60s? But yeah, and definitely the sex in the city angle, sex in the city angle that Shada, you can expand on. Yeah, so like, um, so first of all, like I use filters, uh, I, it doesn't bother me to be honest, that kind of thing. I don't think I'm super reliant on them or anything like that. But if I haven't, if I'm not like having a good makeup day, it's fine. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Or if I want to kind of get like a particular look um, and stuff, I don't see what the problem is. As long as you're not, your self-esteem isn't wrapped up into it, like kind of thing. I think that yeah. is the issue um, and stuff. But then I am into like makeup and hair and clothes and stuff. And that hasn't changed for me. I know like some women grow out of that stuff, but I, and it, I don't even know if it's growing out, but like I, it just hasn't, do you know what I mean? Like I'm still into those things. And maybe because I was a bit of a late bloomer in that, start, that sense as well, actually, because um, I didn't wake up or wear makeup until my least, my mid, maybe mid twenties, maybe late twenties. Oh, wow. Yeah, I wasn't really into makeup at all. I was like more of like, you know, beauty is natural. Beauty is this. <laughs> you know what I mean? That kind of thing. And I'll be like, asking my friends, like, why do you have to wear that? You're so beautiful at it. And all this kind of stuff. And But I think, like, part of that was kind of like a mask for, like, or saying, oh, that's not for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's not for girls that look like me or, do you know what I mean? Maybe not having enough confidence to, to oh. even rock those kind of looks or like not wanting to make a fool of myself either that was that was the other thing as well do you know what I mean so I think like once I kind of got over those issues and I'm just like, actually no this is cool <laughs> like I can do any look that I want do you know what I mean and I'm like you know I think I'm like almost like a specialist in natural glam that's my <laughs> that's my go-to <laughs> um you know um so yeah so I I'm really interested in like makeup trends and all that kind of stuff and I, I kind of look I look at them and I research them and I try new things like all the time and I'm always interested in updating my look as well and that just hasn't changed and I know a lot of women around me that they just kind of like they've kind of stuck they're kind of like in a I don't know what to call it like in a time capsule on honestly like where they they kind of like age themselves almost yeah, you know yeah. Um, and that's that's very interesting. I'd just like to point out my top today is Marks and Spencer's, by the way, and it's, <laughs> and they have nice clothes. Um, but um, <laughs> but yeah, well, I was the thing. So saying all that, I was watching Sex and the City. So they have this new show now called um, and what was it? And just like that, and just, and like, just that. like that, yeah. yeah where it's a uh, you know, Carrie, Miranda and Charlotte based on them and they have some new, Samantha's not in it anymore, obviously, and they have some new characters there as well. One of them is, oh, what's her name? Are you thinking the, of the Irie... Um, Snape for Nicole Lane. Irie Parker. Is yeah, Irie Nicole Parker? Irie Parker. Is that oh, what you're talking about? The black woman. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, seriously. So, yeah, I think that... Um, 
I was just looking at it and watching it and I just like was really taken aback. So I'm a girl, like I watched Sex in the City when it first came out. I loved it. Like I wanted to live in New York. I wanted Carrie's life. Yeah. Like I just like, <laughs> that, that was like who me and my friends were. Like that was our life. That's what we aspired to be kind of thing. Like in that whole kind of like being obsessed by TV kind of mindset. And like seeing them now and I hate to say it, but they, it was shocking. It was shocking how much they've aged. Like it really, really was shocking to me. And like, like I wanted, I, I was, I was interested in my, my reaction. Do you know what I mean? Like, why yeah. do I think this? Like, what, what is it? Cause every scene I was just like, Oh my God. Like, do you know I'm what I mean? Serious. So yeah. you're like, they're in their fifties. Well, yeah. They are in their fifties, but they, they, to me, anyway, they look much older, all of them. And I think, like, I think Carrie and, or Sarah Jessica Parker and Cynthia Nixon, I think, they yeah. they don't, they seem more natural. Like, they they haven't had that yeah. much work done. Whereas I think, oh, what's the other name? Um, Charlotte. Charlotte. Plays I Charlotte. don't know what her, act, what her real name is, but, yeah, yeah, the character Charlotte, she's had a lot. She looks like she's had a lot done. That's, yep. that's, that's what it looks like. And it, do, it doesn't look comfortable to me and it was interesting because like obviously I didn't expect them to to kind of like turn out like this you know like that's that's all and I know that sounds so bad and like what I was what I was battling with is like I should be praising them right do you know what I mean I should be like like empowered by this that these women you know are not kind of like playing to like the status quo they're kind of like embracing their natural ish looks kind of thing yeah. and you know being brave enough to show what it looks like to be you know a, a, a an older woman you know on on tv yeah. but it did take like I did have to have this almost like this talk with myself like no 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 stop stop thinking like that but it was a bit like whoa and I know like obviously we're black women the audience is majority black you know and like in our community is you know we have phrases like black don't crack and all that kind of stuff and like the black women in the show they don't look as old as yeah the other women like mm. it's notable like Nicole looks glowing Nicole looks like what I thought that they would all look like to be honest do you know what I mean like glamorous flawless like do you know what I mean like just just that. slightly younger though yeah maybe slightly but I I, I it's not crazy I don't she may be like 48 like you know mm. it's not a lot it's like four years she's 51 maybe. she's 51 she's practically the same age as them then yeah well, maybe in the same, yeah, decade-ish or whatever. Yeah. But like, it was very, it was very interesting. And, like, I don't, I'm not really into, like, super surgery and all that kind of stuff, but I have no intention of, like, this, what does growing old gracefully mean? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to, like, stop doing what I'm doing. It does, like, I'm not going to stop showing cleavage or stop wearing short skirts because, that I'm getting older if it looks good and it fits why the fuck not if it's as long as it's not inappropriate like I'm not going to like I don't know a christening or something kind of like, like, but like 
what was what's to me like what's the problem do you know what i mean like i think it's i i don't think you should really judge people by what they wear and i'm checking myself like like we're judging because it was it was a judgment and it was maybe it was almost like a fear as well it was like a fear response like shit is this what happens <laughs> do you know what yeah. i mean and like i don't want that to happen but i'm not really into like the surgery thing though like i'm not not in it i don't know we'll see but <laughs> um, i'm really scared of going under that's the thing i don't want to ever do that so that's what that's what shooks me but um yeah uh yeah <laughs> i i also similarly like wow look when i saw sarah jessica specifically but like she's always had quite a mature look even in the first round of mm. series so that's just her and I, I i guess i would commend her it sounds so bad this is where we are at this in society that mm. i'm commending a woman for showing a natural face and not being up not being afraid to show that she's aged um we shouldn't even this couldn't even be a conversation it doesn't always apply to men it never really does you know in, on television and in the celebrity world a man can be aged as fuck and still be portrayed as a sex symbol a mm -hmm. woman is not and um our, our power resides in our beauty especially in the industry and stuff like that um personally i i i there is there, there's i assimilate to you and auntie nana there's things that i look at and i'm like oh can i wear that but then also my problem was being bigger. And when I do my COVID um, advert about the COVID, <laughs> after COVID, pre-COVID and post-COVID, it was, it, it's a thing because I wasn't, I wasn't happy with my size pre-COVID. Um, and I, for those of you who don't, don't know or don't remember, I had COVID in July. I had the bad, the bad batch of COVID in July. And after, yeah, the, the, the original. Um, and then subsequently I lost a stone and a half and that stone and a half has been, in hindsight to everything that was shit about having COVID, a blessing because it's got me back to a size where that I'm used to dealing with. Cause I was always a size six, I mean size, well, I've been a size eight, definitely a once or twice a six and a 10 before I had my daughter. And because I would like my metabolism was fast, all that type of stuff. I was eating post having a child as I was when I was size six, six, eight and 10. And um, the weight came back and it's not like I was huge, definitely not huge at all, but I was overweight for my, for my size and my mindset wasn't used to dressing that size that I was. And I was kind of stuck and there's things I wouldn't wear or not feel, I mean, I still wear tight clothing or bodycon top or dress or stuff like that. I still would wear shapely fitting clothes. And I definitely appreciated the growth of my backside, but <laughs> I wasn't happy with the other proportions and I felt a bit heavy and stuff like that. So losing the weight has given me a different sense of, okay, I can wear certain things a lot more comfortably and I would then wear, be more conscious of comfortable wearing shorter things because I didn't I like my thighs. I really had a problem with my cellulite. I didn't like it. Um, so I would always cover up, especially only on, only on holiday would I show my thighs. So now I don't give a damn as much, things like that. But I do think also there's, I do, I think I do have a an age limit on certain things I'd wear on a day-to-day -day basis. I might not wear a short skirt potentially depending on how it looks and I do and I just think on a daily basis I do feel conscious if I'm wearing a really short something I don't know I, and maybe I'm conscious of what people think maybe I just feel like okay that I don't need to be wearing that now I don't know I don't know because in my newfound what size need, what did what is the when you say you don't need to what does that mean I don't know I don't know so I have to explore it and I because I think there I think there's definitely I've definitely got short things in my in my wardrobe I need to see because I like I said I've only just had 
the post-COVID body, so I need to see how you adapt how I will react to being out there. But I definitely think growing old gracefully comes with a whole bunch of things, and it is like, are we allowed to still be in the club? Should we still be in the club at a certain age? But I think it's like, I remember going to like garage raves and jungle raves in my 20s and looking at the older people, and they were probably only 30, but to us they looked like they were 55. What the fuck are you still yeah. doing? Get out of here. But at the yeah. same time... Older who, though? Older women or older men? I don't women, remember seeing older, older women. I don't remember. We definitely, we definitely saw... We were called like, like, what are you doing? Are you hag? Like, we'd be like... You oh, seriously? Like, seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely saw older women are like, what are you doing I here? I don't think like, me, like older men have like... Older men. Type of, yeah, like, definitely older men, but then we definitely yeah. saw older women and we were always like, we're never going to be those I women. Mean, Awesome as well, like, how do they know? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, people rarely, rarely know, unless I tell them, like, up front, or unless I open my mouth and, like, have a conversation with you, like, you're not going to know how old I am. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're just not. So how would they even know? No, I, I, I mean, there's there's also that. But there's also, there's people that are visibly, like, we know that you're not of this age group and this crew and this set. So when we were in the clubs at that time and seeing those people, like, no, nah, we're never going to be them. Like, however, if I heard about a, a, a garage rave or something, I couldn't give a damn with it. And, and, and I know it's like, this is going to be what I want to go. I want to hear my music. And it's like, I'm going to do that. And, you know, when you go to festivals, it's, it's quite a mixed crowd of um, generations and stuff. But that's, so like, I don't that's our thing, isn't it? Yeah. So going to, that would be akin to, you now being like, oh my God, um, Central okay. C has a rave and I'm going to go. That's when you're going to stick out and it's going to be like, you're my mum's age in here. But that, my point is, the that's the thing. The problem for me is that, the problem for me as well, like, well, for all of us, are those who like, because I kind of like some drill, I'm definitely working at Channel U and that thing, I have a grime heart. A grime yeah, I, I, I love it. Yeah. But it's a thing like, my but daughter, my daughter is comfortable raving with me. She really is. But she, it, you know, there's sometimes in Ghana, I was like, oh, can I come? Can I come? <laughs> you was cramping her style, mate. But, <laughs> but we could have gone somewhere else. That's the thing. <laughs> but anyway. But I wanted to go with her. For, for, um, for, yeah, you've got to stop that. You're, you're like the friggin'. It's you. It's you. You switched you're the gender. She went on a spa date and you were together. <laughs> it's me, it's me, it's me. No, I was going to say, like, because of what you do and, like, it kind of sometimes goes into what I do as well, yeah? Like, we're around young people. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, so sometimes you might just go to an event and it is full of young people. It just is, mm -hmm. you know? And there's nothing you can really do about it. Like, it's just, it's just one of those things. I just think, like... I think we kind of have to try and not worry about what other people think. A lot of this yeah. comes out it comes from outside yeah. influence. It comes from is is controlling women. Do you know what I mean? Kind of thing in terms of like what is it? What is supposed to be accept acceptable? What's not? Like I just think we should just have the freedom to do what we want as you know, as long as we feel comfortable. Like obviously, don't do stuff you don't want to do, but don't you don't push it away. Do you know what I mean? Like, just because of you're, you're afraid of what someone thinks. And that's um, what it is, I think, what it is. And I think, definitely, I would like to know what men, because any men that are watching and commenting in the comments, well, how does it affect men? Because, you know, you have the stereotype of you, you, you might start dating younger, 
if you're if you're single you're in a long-term relationship buying that buying that sports car or buying that motorbike or start wearing leather pants all that type <laughs> of shit like what, what you know because you're fighting there's also that thing like if you're it's like if you're aging and you're still looking youthful in a way that society doesn't think is right it's like you're fighting aging so it's like you're you're not growing old gracefully because you're rebelling against getting old so that's another thing where that is truthful where people are potentially doing things to push against the fact that they're getting yes, old can i just say like i think like shows like real housewives and loving hip-hop yeah where most of those women are in their 40s <laughs> do you know what i mean have helped change the game like because i'm just like hold on a second <laughs> like she's older than me <laughs> she's older yeah. than me and her hair looks amazing why not yeah. why the fuck yeah. not i love her outfit i want to get that do you know what i mean like what you know and i know obviously they're on tv and stuff and all those kind of things but it's just like it's just opened it's helped let me say it's helped to open up this you know do you know what i mean like yeah actually don't have to be this dowdy kind of like oh i'm just gonna shy away now like i don't matter i don't count kind of thing like you can stand out at any age like it's okay you know seriously and that's not you trying to be something that you're not you know about the guys like i think that's that's been shown to us throughout especially in the media like men having a midlife crisis is a theme in all story tales. Like they never really do that with women and women absolutely do have a midlife crisis as well. It's usually only presented in menopause setting in. Like this is no, all it's it also is. Like, just to cut you, I was going to say, on TV, it's always shown as taking a younger lover. That's the extent of our problems when it comes to having a midlife crisis. <laughs> There's that, but that's usually after your husband has left you for a younger one and then you've gone into Cougarville. And this is, it's always after the fact, it's like, actually, your mind starts shifting as well. Yeah. Like, you get to 40, 50, and life is different. It's changed. Sometimes your kids are older. It's like your worldview has shifted so much because you've come into yourself. Same is what happens with a man. But we don't get to have the stories of that being explored. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like that's kind of, we need our own kind of black sex in the city where they do age. And it is like the, the 40, 50-year-olds navigating space and actually being like, what is it like for us? Because it's not the same as white women and it's not no. the same as men. But we don't seem to have that representation of what we, what we go through, how your body changes, how you go into how your body changes and what you like. Sometimes what you like is still immature yeah. because it's like your heyday likes. And that's the thing of, that's where I was like, actually, oh God, do I actually me. like this tracksuit yes. because I like it? Or is it because at 20, when I had it, I was the hot stuff in it. It's like, it's not the same. It's not the same. So then it's about exploring, what is it that you like? Because it's, it's not the 20 year old version. You don't like the same things as you did when you were 20. Yeah, it's true. Let's, no get, the, let's get the comments. Okay, so Roland says, I think there shouldn't be an age place on clothing. If it fits and looks good on you, then you should be able to wear it. Yes, it's yeah. all ageism and patriarchy usually aimed at women. Mm -hmm. And also says, yes, Auntie Shelley, it's definitely, is definitely, oh, killing the natural glam looks, melanated mm -hmm. magic. Thank you so much. Um, and also, so Roland also says, yeah, Chris, um, Kirsten Davis. Yes, that's the that's woman work um her work like her cosmetic surgery makes her look really stuck and stiff mm. and um 
he says, I do appreciate that they addressed it in the show with Cynthia Nixon, um, who plays Miranda, when they were talking about her hair not being um, being grey and not red. Ah, oh, yes, I remember yeah. that, actually. Uh, Ronald says, uh, uh, does a parent uh, and or a spouse affect how you behave and dress as you age? Let me, let's come back to that. Let me just get a few yeah. more. And uh, Miss Latang says, hello. Um... I'm I'm not sure whether growing old grace, gracefully is a thing anymore. Do we not simply wear what makes us feel fabulous and comfortable slash appropriate for the occasion? I refuse to conform to this outdated idea, nonsense and ingredients. <laughs> Um, Akoya says hi so good to catch the ladies it's been a minute hello hello and Tamika says Auntie Charlotte is absolutely right thank you uh, Tamika don't be a traitor and <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ronald um, let me come back to the questions actually and Akoya also says the best thing about uh, being post 50 and black is universal respect universal auntiedom um, <laughs> and love being left alone by silly men, love it. <laughs> and being left alone by silly men, love it. Okay, so Ronald had two questions. His first question was, does being a parent and or a spouse affect how you behave and dress as your age? Um, and also asks a question for Nana, Auntie Nana, do you sell anything that you wouldn't wear because of your age? Answer that Auntie Nana first. Um, I don't sell anything that I wouldn't wear because of my age. I think everything that I sell <laughs> very selfishly is <laughs> things that I want to wear and can't find. And yeah, that's, that, that's been my, um, that's been my method. If I like it or I want it and can't find it, I know that there'll be thousands of other people that would be in exactly the same position. Um, yeah. that's my rule of thumb. Um, and then for the spouse thing, um, I think so. I think more than it coming from like my husband, wear this or wear that, I think there's just more of a an outwardly knowing as to what I could wear that would be like I'm on the market and versus that. So I may want to wear it, but depending on where I'm going. I would know that that's quite a, a sexy outfit. And do I actually want the attention? And most of the time it's no. So I wouldn't wear it. It's just being very, but, but that's the thing of men. I feel like it's it's more men's eyes and quite similar to what Aquia was saying about people um, harassing you. There's certain things where it would just be like, oh, I'm not going to wear this because people are, it's just going to attract attention. So it's more like that becomes more a, a thought in my mind for what I'm going to wear than if I want to wear it. It's more like, is this going to attract attention? But then if I'm going somewhere and it's going to be female heavy, then I generally will wear whatever I want to without thinking about what men are going to do. Um, from a being a parent, I definitely felt, I definitely think about, turning, well, the times when I turn up at the school gate, what am I wearing? Because the, and then just by default, being the younger mum or the younger looking mum, there was always, you know, I always say that they used to think that my mum was my daughter's mum and I was her sister. And, and, also, and there's always comments about, oh gosh, your mum looks so young and the way she dresses and things like that. And it wasn't never, it wasn't derogatory. It wasn't like I was like, they were like, oh, she dresses trashy. It wasn't never that. It was just more like, 
I dressed in a way that they wouldn't, they, they could probably, my daughter does shop in my wardrobe for sure. Um, but I think there would be a consideration of if I'm going somewhere with my daughter, I wear what I want to, you know, we don't actually rave together, but if we're going to be in the same space for whatever reason, like being at, in um, when we were in Sandbox in Ghana, I wore what I wanted to wear. I knew my daughter would be there. Um, our outfits could have been interchangeable. We both could have worn what, she actually wore one of my dresses when she went out one time. So, um, but I would consider potentially making sure that she didn't feel some type of way. So maybe if I wanted to wear a cutout top that had like slashes and showed boobies, <laughs> maybe I wouldn't wear that if I know my daughter's going to be in that space, knowing her friends are going to be there just because of that society, societal eye. But if I was out with my, with the girls and stuff like that and I wanted to wear that, I wouldn't, it doesn't mean I wouldn't wear that outfit full stop in my life because of my age. If it looks good, I think I am at that point where it looks good to me, I'm wearing it. However, maybe if I was with my daughter or nieces or family members in that perspective, I wouldn't wear something that was overly, overtly sexual. Because again, as I think some of what Auntie Nana says, the harassment that might come my way um, and then having my having the kids around me having to deal with that in whatever capacity that is, whether it's just seeing it or having to like leave her alone or something, whatever the case is, then it's like, okay, maybe I would dial that down a notch just out of respect for them. It's like similarly like going to a christening and not wearing batty riders. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> it's very extreme, but, um, but it's not yeah. like I wear shorts and then they were like, mm, we're running from Christmas. I think yeah. I think you kind of, uh, I think it just depends, right? I, uh, you know, I, uh, I think I I come from quite a strict family, so like how you dress and obviously been brought up Muslim as well like obviously there's like loads of restrictions on what you can wear and stuff and everything like that so I was like complete rebel all the time because I just just like just didn't believe that like what you wear should should especially like determine like who you are as a person do you know what I mean like mm. it should like people just judge it's like and I think like the young people around me my, my nieces and nephews who have been a part of their life like helping you know growing them essentially like I really was determined to kind of like dispel those myths that they had learned from their parents do you know what I mean it's just like oh you know you just you know just going somewhere and just seeing someone in a short skirt and just like oh she shouldn't wear that why shouldn't she wear that do you know what I mean yeah. and it was just like you know so I never changed the way I dress for any of them do you know what I mean like I'm gonna wear what I'm gonna wear on that day and like you know and you know I remember having conversations at time it's definitely come up it's just like you're cussing that girl what's the difference between her and me oh yeah but you're my auntie yes so do you know what I mean like how do you know <laughs> do you know what I mean how do you know what's in her mind you shouldn't you, do you know what I mean like just just being their example the example do you know what I mean it doesn't actually matter if I wear a short skirt if someone judges me for wearing a short skirt the problem is with them not with me yeah. like you know so like it's you know and like I get the whole, I think probably the days that I may be feeling less confident or don't want attention, maybe I wouldn't wear something that's like maybe showing my cleavage just because I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a big chested lady. So, so you can get a lot of unwanted attention. And if I'm in a rush or something, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like sometimes I just like, I'm not, I'm not in the mood for it. Um, that's not to say that I dress for men, do you know what I mean? But there oh, are days yeah. when I can be more tolerant than others, you know, like kind yeah. of thing. 
or you know just have a bit more time. I, I, don't, I don't even know but like that but I will say as well, it does. Sometimes it doesn't matter what you wear. Do you know what I mean? You can yeah. still get harassed by men. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, you yeah. can be in full tracksuit. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, definitely. Done, and you can <laughs> yeah. still get harassed. Like, yeah. in a so flipping puffer coat with a hood yeah. on, and exactly. somebody's still going to be like, smile. <laughs> can I chat to you? It, it, you know yeah, what I mean? But the thing is, like, it's like a beacon. Yeah. yeah, and it's I mean, just I mean, like, oh, come on, like, please, loud. That's the thing that that's I think the thing where it's like, oh, you sometimes you just want to be like, I want to rave. Yeah, even even today, like, I mean, I don't think what I'm wearing is like super revealing at all, kind of thing. But like today, it's like, oh, my hair. Some guy was like, oh, someone's gonna chop your hair off, like, to start a conversation. Yeah. Like, Are you alright? Because my hair, my you can't really see it now, but my hair is actually down to my knees. It's yeah. um, it's very long. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like, it's just like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, what? Like, it's just you just want to say something. Like, just. And, and Go about your business. Keep on walking. <laughs> That's freaking irritating. Things like that are irritating. But yeah, I just wouldn't. I just. I. I. I really don't believe in like you know like. I feel like I. I like to believe that I will challenge myself when I'm. I'm thinking. Oh yeah, you shouldn't. What you shouldn't maybe wear that or you shouldn't be as sexy. Like for me, I definitely like like to kind of like play to the sexy side that's 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 where i feel most comfortable do you know what i mean i don't really like like being too kind of hidden i guess do you know what i mean um and i don't think there's anything wrong with it no yeah i like i like the sexy i think i, I think I, I think i'm like i like my style i like how i don't think i've adjusted i haven't adapted that I've, like i said when i was bigger and thicker i definitely still wore bodycon type things but I, and I think it is it is just definitely I think actually more the more I think about it it's whether you want attention or not <laughs> that's 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 the determination of what the outfit will be whether you want that kind of harassment or not and that's unfortunate yeah because it shouldn't be that shouldn't be a consideration like I want to wear this thing and I know <laughs> when my my bum bum was bigger um it was definitely like oh I'm wearing this thing and my bum's out of door Ah, oh, it's going to be a thing. I don't want to do that. So let me wear something that's not so. And it's kind of like you said, like sometimes if you've got that shape, there's nothing you can do about it. What yes. I wanted, to, yeah. What I wanted to go back to was what Auntie, uh, Aunt, um, a queer said about be, the, about being post fifty and black is universal respect and universal auntiedom. I want is that does that create any pressure for you guys as we approach that age of maturity and perceived wisdom, and in our growing old gracefully? Do you feel any pressure to be? To have it all together, to be wise, to be that auntie that people respect, especially as a black woman. Does it? Does aging also include that? Aging gracefully include no, having to learn things. Not for me. I, like the people around me, they will know. I don't have it all together still, and mm -hmm. it's a lie. It's just a myth. It's a myth. I'm not going to turn into some earth mother that's going to be able to cook all your meals and like know the the recipe, the the the, the remedies for each ailment. No, it's just not going to happen. Like you know, I am literally fun time auntie. <laughs> that's what I am. You know. Um, yeah, and I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I don't dislike the respect thing. That's cool. <laughs> I'll take that all day, <laughs> definitely. But yeah, I just think 
nah, you have to be honest with them, you know? Do you know what I mean? Like, and well, it depends what kind of person you are and stuff, but like, I, I definitely like, I, I do kind of like share my experiences to help to kind of like give advice in situations and stuff, but I don't ever pretend like I've got it all figured out or I'm the beacon of like all wisdom, like not at all. I I really enjoy I've been an auntie for a very long time like Mm. so there's that in itself like having nieces and nephews from when I was like nine but having responsibility with them properly like you know you you look after them you take them to nursery all of that type of stuff so I that respect factor and people coming to me for advice happened quite early even within my family like with my mum it's like I will chat with her she will ask me for my opinion on stuff so I I quite enjoy that now it's like I'm into that era like other people can spot it like you know you're you're older and there's exactly what Auntie Shade was saying it's the truth of it it's like nobody has it all together and that hitting me when I figured out like my mum just telling me stories and it's like, actually, she struggled for a really long time. She didn't have things all together. She didn't have all of her bills paid. Like all of that come into, it's okay to fuck up and, and relearn things. Those parts are really important to pass on to young people. So I like, I like the reverence that you get for being older and stepping into your auntiedom. And even us doing this and... Yeah literally having auntie in the title people being like oh your aunties and the aunties are over there I don't have that American thing of don't call me auntie any young person if you say my name I wince it does actually make me flinch a bit I do expect you to say auntie now yes it doesn't just 41 it it really doesn't matter I I have that Mm -hmm. status it's like that's a a term of respect really Mm -hmm. so I, I expect that. It literally is like, yeah, I walk with it. It's a badge of honour. And I don't take it lightly. Like, it's also a responsibility to hold yourself accountable and be present. And I do like having, well, I ask my sister, but little remedies that people can use, herbs that they, they can use to get better. I'm not going to be the cooking auntie, though. Like, I, I, I do really respect that all of my aunties Anything mm. I've done, christenings, weddings, they cooked for it. I'm probably not going to be that auntie, but I would pay the caterer to do it. I'm going to do my share. Like, I will pay for the jollof rice to be there, but I'm probably not going to cook it myself. I'm not going to be... Actually, I'm not going to do the rice. It's gonna. I'll pay for the alcohol, is the truth of the matter. I'm going to pay for the wine and the champagne to be at your parties and stuff, but I'm not going to be the cooking auntie. And I'll be um the fun time as well, but the fun time with alcohol and drink, and we can chat and go raving, auntie. That's, I, that's I think, place. Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. I'm I love I love the auntie transition. I love that my nieces and nephews and my daughter come to me with advice. I love that come to me for advice. I should say not with advice for advice. And I'm in that position where they're like, yeah, you've lived. And I remember being doing um, I hosted a conversation with Warner Brothers and. For Boxing Day and Melamine's um, lovely rom com that was out at Christmas. Oh yeah, that was cute. I like that. So, such a cute film. Um, so we hosted a lunch, and some of and the influencers that were invited, they were within like mid twenties to thirties, and they were like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I didn't know life was going to be ABC, and I and then when they did the big reveal on Forty Five, they're like, "Oh my gosh!" They they were all like, "This is amazing." Seeing you in a position and the work that you do and how you look, 
that's inspiring. And I think I love that we're a new generation. And I think, as you said, Auntie Shade, from watching The Real Housewives, apart from all the nonsense, it's the visual glamorization of the auntie woman or the black woman, mm -hmm. the mature black woman. Doesn't have to be the dowdy mammy, which not to disrespect the work that mammy put in for us to be here. However, now we've evolved from that mammy housewife look where we can be glamorous and we can, we don't have it all together. Thank you, Gabrielle Union, in what was her show. We had girlfriends, we had all, and we have had a few shows that showed mature black women trying to figure it out, insecure mm -hmm. and things like that. And just showing that like we, it, it, when there was, I was talking to them like, it's been hard, it's not an easy journey. And understand they don't have it all together. I don't have all my ducks in a row. However, there's a way of living life and taking life by the by the tits, not by the balls, by the tits, because we're women. And <laughs> take and just having fun with it and not having to stop because I've hit 40 or 45 or 50 is approaching. None of my girls, we we live life, we go out, we have fun, we we have pain, we have heartbreak, and it's, we don't have it all together. But it's just so nice to be in this position where we can impart some wisdom and change the narrative and the look and the branding rebrand yes yes the new right, branding the last, of yeah let's get the last comments and then we must move on okay so t says hi sisters hi t when i turned 50 um it was a huge heart-stopping moment for me and it really had me looking at my life and how much time i had wasted especially when it comes to my career um she also true nana to one of your points and nicole says preach auntie nana call me auntie and if i am with my children and you ladies are around my aunt my children will call you all aunties too Thank yes, you. that's how it yes, should be. Yes, that's, that's that's what I expect. <laughs> or or Miss, you can call me Miss Nana or Mrs yes. Evans, but there's no just Nana. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't you can't do that. No, that's not that I don't like. It confuses me. I'm I'm I just I'm really caught off guard. It like, always what? throws me off. I'm always a bit like what. What? What <laughs> um, just a T Smith's point, and I know this could turn into a whole other topic, so we will we will come back to this. And please, guys, if there's themes you want us to discuss in this kind of like auntie discussion way, please let us know. Just inbox DM us, um, DM us, email us at your aunties could never at gmail.com and let's explore some themes just to get to the heart of the matter. It's what yeah. aunties do, we get to the heart of the matter. Um, so just in response to T's saying, you know, like looking ahead, like turning 50 and then reflecting on what the years that have wasted, I guess you would have needed. Some aunties like us, people like you, people like in this position to show you that you're not necessarily, you don't necessarily have to have it all together, but how do you get yourself out of a rut and how do you move forward in the latter half part of your life? I don't know how to do it, but you, it's one day at a time. I don't know, guys, if you have any kind of advice for tea in that maybe, respect. Maybe just, you know, like it, it kind of, I want to kind of say, I don't want to, um, I'm not taking away your point or anything like that, but you can start now. Like, yeah. That kind yeah. of doesn't matter. You can start now. You can start like, you know, not to sound cheesy, but seizing the moment, taking opportunities, like try and do one thing outside your comfort zone every other day. Do you know what I mean? As a start, as a starting point kind of thing. Because like we all have periods of time where, where we, you know, we just have to take a break. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of thing. And like, you just don't know what can happen tomorrow. Like career style, you know, most millionaires, if we're going to look at from that aspect, are in their late 40s, uh, 50s, 60s. Do you know what I mean? So like, don't even, it's not even over, mate. Like, it's almost, you've got all this knowledge, all this wisdom, like, this is the best time to start, to be honest. Yeah. 
Yes, yeah, nothing has been wasted. 50 years is like, I think it's it's halfway. It's like, we're going to be here for such a long time on this earth. Like our generation really, it it really is just taking stock. And I think time off would be great for you have a career. And if it allows you to even have a month or two off for some capacity, a month paid and another month where it's unpaid, but you've got that grace two months away sitting down and writing lists and making plans as to what you actually really, really want to do. I think everybody should do it though, especially if you're in a career and you're dissatisfied with it, take a bit of time to be still. And the the universe starts talking to you. It it seems to be the quickest way for it to take place is to stop still, do nothing. And then the ideas start flowing, but 50 is no age at all. And you don't want to have regrets. So I'd be like, take the time off and just figure it out what you want to do next. And a starting point is what you what you can do in your sleep or what you really love. And I, th- I say that to my kids. Like my niece is, she hates math, but she's bloody good at it. And she's getting paid very, very well. Job she doesn't necessarily like, but because she, she's good at it, it's, and it gives her freedom to travel because she loves traveling. It gives her freedom to, she's starting to buy a house and things like that. So there's the, finding the balance. I would do what you love. And so you, you don't mind when you're not making money on it. <laughs> or do what you're good at where you can make money on it and just gives you the freedom to do other things that other hobbies and stuff like that. Um, let's move on. Okay, okay. Okay, so quickly, it's for the culture. This is where we take a look at what's affecting social media, the culture, what's going on in the popular world today. We've got a few topics and I guess we could whiz through them. We have Aaliyah's posthumous album, Unstoppable which has no women features on it. It's just a bunch of male artists with dodgy histories of women. That's one topic. We had last week, there was a big thing that happened last week. We missed out because we were talking so much about other stuff. And we had a group of black podcasters, male black podcasters who really denigrated dark-skinned women and actually had the likes of Joe Budden coming to call them out of all the people. Um, you know, talking about talking, calling dark women night riders and things like that. We've got Wretch32, um, the music artist, and Franklin, King of Trainers, who've launched a multiple... Uh, multiple CBD stores in the UK, and I guess that's about black entrepreneurship and CBD in itself in the UK. Um, misogyny is now a crime, apparently. What's all that about? Kanye West claimed Kim Kardashian kept him from Chicago's fourth birthday party. However, I saw him at Chicago's fourth birthday party. What was all that about? British black British Vogue has an all-black um, cover, where and it's beyond it being an all-black model cover, they're very dark-skinned models. Is it fetishizing or is it celebration? Um, Stephanie Oboa, a popular oversized, plus-sized um, uh, influencer, is now in a relationship and has been receiving hate. And we have Pastor Michael Todd. who Let's, rubs, start. Let's start here. Rubs, <laughs> Pastor Michael Todd rubbed spit in the face of a congregation member in the name of transformation. He issued an apology, which was full of laughter and smiles. And there's been obviously backlash towards him, but also to the man who stood there and let him rub spit in his face in the name of the Lord. (laughs) There's loads of things there. And as Auntie Sade has wanted to do, let's start with Pastor Michael. I don't know if this is Todd Michael or Michael Todd. He works for the Church of Transformation. It's the church that was launched in 2015 by a white Pentecostal kind of preacher called Somebody Somebody. And basically they combine Pentecostal, evangelical, and praise worship type preaching and try and transform your life. And they do kind of relatability preaching and stuff like that. But they also do things like rub spit 
to give the Congo. Well, he he did. He did. Yeah. He did. <laughs> like, anyway, yeah, he rubbed spit in the face of this past of this congregation member in order to give him clarity. Guys. So like, like this, this yeah, this clip, yeah. I, I, I stumbled across it and I really wished I didn't. Like it was some great like I didn't know where it was going. Do you know what I mean? Like I really didn't. I was I was just like, what what's he gonna do? <laughs> what's he gonna do? I didn't see it coming. If you've seen it, um, you know. Yeah, like like it's it's on Instagram. You can find it. Do you know what I mean? But I literally, it. he's preaching. He hawks, so he's clearing his throat and spat in his hand, and then proceeded to rub it on the face of this congregation member. And it, it was so much spit that the man had to pull the spit off his face. It was disgusting and you can hear the reaction of the audience like the congregation members they're just like whoa 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 like you could hear it like they they were just like but no one got up no one no one stopped it no like the man just took it and had the spit in his face and it just it just bothers me it just bothers me why why things like this are allowed to happen like i'm not i'm just i'm really upset by it and i think like this really doesn't like a bad number for christianity do you know what i mean like this is this is this is awful and christians should be up in arms about this kind of thing there's no way like this guy should be able to practice as a pastor ever again like it's awful and the 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 man that had the spit in his face. I hope he gets support because now you're you're gonna be ridiculed. It's not funny. It's not. Seriously, he needs support. He's a he's a he's a, he's basically presented as a joke. Do you know what I mean? Like, and he's probably thinking like, I'm here for some sort of deliverance, and you've just. You've basically, it's kind of be, could be seen as grievous bodily harm. Do you know what I mean? Like, to be honest, like you've assaulted me on, on, and it's been filmed and it's been shared, you know? Like, he can't live his, where can he work at the moment? He's going to have to lay low. People are going to spit on him for fun. <laughs> okay, so I want to, I just want to add two things. Um, his, apparently, the guy is his brother. It's not verified. He said, the vision of. And I'm just saying, I'm just adding to the story. The vision I'm about to give you, it might get nasty. Do you? And yeah. so what I'm telling you is that how you just reacted, basically, to the people who reacted incredulously. Yes. Yeah. The people in your life will react when God is doing what it takes for the miracle. That's not true. It's also, not. Go on it's on false, this is like a pure example of like false prophets. People who use Christianity to kind of get popularity in order to raise their profile in order to make money. That's what this is. He yeah. done this sensationalization, yeah. sensational piece to get attention, and then he's done this piss poor apology. Like honestly, like I, I just think I, I'm, I'm, I'm so enraged. Like if I was a Christian, I'd be so enraged by this. Like seriously, I would do everything in my power to make sure he never practices again. Okay. Um, can I play the apology before you come to Auntie Nana, please? Okay, go for it. Go ahead. What is going on, everybody? I hope you're having an amazing Monday. Acknowledge when the spit hit the fan. I watched it back and sorry, can you pause? He said the spit hit the fan. Are you taking the fan? I want to I didn't share my because you know I have anxiety when it comes to sharing my screen. 
I'm taking the piss. I'm going to share my screen because you can see his face. He's actually making this into a joke. All right. He doesn't give a shit. Hold on. Let me see. Okay, let's go. Are you yes. ready? Let's go. Are you ready? Wait, wait, wait. One second. I hope you're having an amazing Monday. I just want to acknowledge uh, what happened yesterday when the spit hit the fan. I watched it back and um, it was disgusting. <laughs> like, that was gross. I want to validate everybody's feelings um, that that was a distraction to what I was really trying to do. I was really trying to make the word come alive and for people to see the story. But yesterday it got too live and I own that. And um, I just want to make sure people know that we want to help people. We want people to see Jesus. We want people to feel loved. We want people who are desperate to be able to find hope. And I'm passionate about that so much so that I try to do extreme things to help people get it. And yesterday it crossed the line. So um, I love you guys. I appreciate everybody that's been praying for us and sending us messages. And to anybody who just saw that three minute clip, I really encourage you to go back and watch the whole message. There's no some way. truth and some life in there. That no one's doing that. The whole life. Um, when Jesus uh, spit on that man, he was blind and then he could see. Um, for my brother who I love. So you're Jesus, brother. Is that what you're trying to say? That, 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 was, that, was, that was going to be my point. Like, um, after going through, so listening to his apology, and then I went through the comments and read what lots of, I guess, people in support of him were saying. And then I went looking at, to, I've never heard of this about Jesus spitting when he's healing and found quite a few references of Jesus spitting as he was healing and was like, oh, okay, so this is a, this is a thing that it's probably being done in this type of evangelical types of churches. This is probably like, you, you know, they do shit to people anyway, when they push them in their head and da, da, da. I haven't particularly seen spit. But there is instances in the Bible where it is like Jesus spat and healed people. And sometimes when he would spit on the floor, it was like a moment to him about to heal somebody. So there's quite a few references to Jesus spitting. I was like, oh, okay, I see where he grabbed it and put it together and went forth for it. I have, it's humiliating for this guy. Like I literally was like, if I was this guy's wife, in the congregation and I watched this buffoon stand there and have a man put spit on your face, it's long for me and you because I've lost respect. It, I can't, I, I'm either in it indoctrinated as well, but me as me, it's not gonna happen. Like you can't have another man hawk on his hand and put it in your face. Like, and you didn't even flinch and you stood there like a doofus for ages while he carried on preaching with spit on your, that is absolutely, I don't believe him about this transformative healing thing he was doing. I think no. he had beef with that dude. I think he literally wanted yeah. to humiliate him and he got his moment to humiliate him. Like I, I don't believe this guy in the slightest. Like this is, and you're just showing your command on space. Like literally I can put spit on somebody's face and they're going to stand there and all they're going to do is wipe off and thank me for the privilege of having my spit on their face. This is like huge ego trippings. It's crazy. It's, it's He's on a wild ride. Insane. Like even it going vi viral, you know his ego is doing. Yeah, he loves it. 
is he dancing like, like that flipping dark, that, that dancing gorilla. Like literally, he's <laughs> going nuts at this moment. Literally, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't. I literally, got, I have to laugh because I don't know where else to go with this, and I feel. I've 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 so distanced myself from Christianity. I grew up under my, you know, I went to we went to Victory when we were, I was younger, and that's full in that was the church I fell into disrepute or ill repute, whatever. We've been to some of those big American churches. I'm you know, I've challenged my mother a lot. She watches a lot of the God Channel and some of those, you know, what's the pastor that when there was a Hurricane Katrina, he didn't want them to come to his congregation. You're a whole damn priest and he didn't want to let refugees from the hurricane um, hurricane katrina disaster come into your church for what reason you're a whole pastor that shouldn't even have been that should have been far from your mind so all those you know what they called the the, the what, what's the nickname for them those preachers and stuff like that that make money that are flying jets crash flow dollar all of them all of them get in the bin all of them and this just also puts the final nail in my coffin of ever following an organized religion in that type of way and definitely never would I follow a pastor that feels that spitting to get his message across. Why do you need to be sensational? Yes, people are leaving the church. People aren't following them because of people like you, because they can't trust in their religious leader, because the religious leader is might as well be in the congregation at the same time preaching to themselves because they're fucked off. Um, yes, I'm calling pastors, not pastors. <laughs> pastor shapes. That's what they are. They're shapes. Come to cookie cutter shapes. Pastors. Um, I, I'm. I'm. I. I don't know. It's. It's sad that we're at a place where people are following people like this. It's actually sad. You know, you've got cult leaders. You've got people in, especially in. Um, you know, I want to take it back to being back home, and you know, it's a, it's a job now. You can get rich if you want to get out of poverty. Become a pastor. An evangelical one at that, and you get a following, you get money, and it's done. It's standardly ten on every street. That's what I'm saying, and it's like mm -hmm. this guy. And even there's an element of I do I judge people in that position when they're talking about when Creflo Dollar is asking his congregation to donate to him so he can get a private jet so he can minister so he can do his ministries. Shut up! Don't that's that's bullshit. It's bullshit. And this is this is this guy also this this uh. Pastor Michael Todd, he also was, I think he gave like a, a speech on like um, reasons why you shouldn't leave. And he was just like, he, one of the reasons he said like a, a bad relationship, you why you shouldn't leave it is like, uh, you know, even if he hits you, you shouldn't leave. And it was just like, what? What are you talking about? Like, seriously. And he's like, oh no, I don't condone it, but it's not a good enough reason to leave. Are you all right? Are you actually all right? And this is the problem, like, with, you know, these pastors and the church, especially on black women, that they literally yes. oppress them. Do you know what I mean? And they will make them, they will say everything to make them stay single, then blame them for being single. It's fucking ridiculous. Or towards staying in toxic relationships and giving yes. license to men. And also to these dirty, not all, perverted, not all, pastors in this position of power yeah. preying on people that are vulnerable if he, can, if, if he can spit in someone's face spit and put on someone's face in, in front of everybody what is he doing behind closed doors what is he doing behind closed doors and then the thing unfortunately and i'm not an expert on religion and christianity all that type of stuff there's that kind of ab you get absolved of your sins if you just say a couple of prayers and then it's like 
back to normal tomorrow. I've said sorry to God, so now I'm, or, my sins are cleansed. No repercussions. And this is the thing. It's just like what, what, where I kind of came undone with kind of maybe all religions, to be honest, kind of thing. It's just like this notion that this has to be channeled by through a particular person. Person. Like, I'm, not, I'm just not here for that. I'm not, because they're human and they will take advantage and they'll do some bullshit, like spitting in their hat. He hawked up the spit. He hawked it up. People watch. I would have thrown my Bible. Like, I'm sorry. And if, if right. God's I would have run on stage. Like, there's no way. And or like you said, Auntie Nana, if he, if he was my husband, my brother, my, my family member. Like, there is no, uh, there is no way. I, I would have tackled Listen, I would have faster. And then they're going to say next Sunday, you're coming to church. <laughs> yeah, no, you're mad. You're actually mad. It no, what we're going to do is a lawsuit. That's what we're going to do. And what's annoying, because I looked at his followers, Pastor, to Pastor, whatever his name is, he has 156 or something followers. Why are you still he's, he's super popular. Like I've seen his I've never heard of him before. I've seen his clip circulated, but like he's because he's young, he's good looking, yeah. he's charismatic. It's like he he gets shared around quite a lot. And some of his preaching is like standard. Um, I guess it's more reflective of nowadays culture. So he'll bring in something that's happening with a celebrity or something and he'll use that for his word. But um all of those guys are problematic. Like, and I do think in this day and age, I'm still startled at how many people still are really involved in religion. Like, because uh, I'm so far out of it, it's always like, yeah. wow, there's flipping millions upon millions that are like, no, there's nothing wrong with what he said. Like, there's, there's a huge amount of noise around this spitting thing. But in the comments, there are loads of people being like, but it's, it's for a reason, it's for a purpose, and he is anointed. Whatever his anointing means that he can spit in somebody's face, but it's like he's anointed, He it's about healing, and then he has the word, and it's just like... That's what shocked me. Yeah. What about the word about following false prophets? Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> all of that, those words. Exactly. That's, what, that's what killed me, someone in capital letters. You, all you people talking about pastor, check your own lives. You guys are the sinners. I'm like, is she okay? Oh, and, and this is what I'm saying. It's like, it's just like extreme denial. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, it's just, it's almost like some of these churches are like cults, basically. They absolutely like, are. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. And is there anything? What's the next one? We got, I don't know, Stephanie Abad, British Vogue, All Black Cover. Kanye West claiming Kim kept him from Chicago. He went on a live to talk about that, but then he was at the party in the end. I don't know what happened there. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of like the next one being the the Vogue cover because we haven't spoken okay. about it. So I don't even know what you guys' opinions are on this Vogue cover, but I do not like it at all. Like I'm like for all of the really? people that were sharing it and everything, I was like, can you? The I, I think it's. I find it highly annoying. I would have liked, I like that we've had black covers before anyway, so this isn't anything new, but we haven't had specifically African models who are all dark skin, but I felt like their fetishization of their skin and making some of them darker than they actually are, the lighting and putting them all in ridiculous wigs pissed me off royally. Like I was like, I don't see anything particularly artistic or fashionable about this cover other than 
you use the new wave of African models on the cover. I was like, to me, it's poor. It's a it's a poor cover. I I I think I I don't have, I'm I'm so wishy washy not wishy washy. I flip flop on when we have an all black something and we're celebrated in the mainstream because sometimes I like it and sometimes I don't. This one didn't offend me, but I similarly I was like, we are so vibrant in color. So why were they all in black? And I get the statement, but I think this is a this was a missed opportunity to really enhance our hues. I didn't, yeah, and the darkening, the over darkening when, when the model's already dark, I didn't think that was necessary, necessary. It could have had arty pictures inside and stuff like that. And I was, I did go to the wigs, like why did none of them have natural hair in, or anything? And I thought, then I thought, okay, if they have like typically African hairstyles, it would have been also been seen as a fetishization. What, then it's like finding the balance, like just because you're dark skin and African, do you have to have plaits and, you know, statement hairstyles and stuff like no, that? you can still use Afro. of the hair. That's the conversation I was having my, with myself because I didn't, I responded negatively to seeing the wigs. Um, mm. And all of them are wigs, not one of them in their own hair, which That's I thought awful. was problematic because it counts as a conversation. Um, I like the idea of it. I want to, I want it to, I, I don't know, but I liked, I, I also liked seeing them. And I went to the, the conversation about, we ha we're having about, um, you know, the podcast that talk about Darkskin Girls. And I and I always, because I follow, I, I, I followed some of the models, I've followed some of them already. Um, and it's like, when would be the day when like your, your contemporary average black male celebrity will be standing for a, a, a dark skin model of that skin tone and not it being a fetishization, not just saying they like them for the sake. When will they, you know, uphold them as a beauty icon as they do the Beyonce's, the Rihanna's, the Gabrielle Unions and everybody else. And that's where my mind went, it's like, what, because, you know, who's in, you can have an old fashion cover, but does it change the narrative in society that we're not allowed to talk, that we don't get to talk about in a way that what is it that the fear of a dark, dark, dark black girl, what is that? So it, it just opened up a whole lot of stuff for me. I liked, I wasn't angry at the cover, I wasn't mad at the cover. I was glad they got their shine. But then if I was talking stylistically, yeah, I would have maybe not had all of them in European hair wigs and I would have put color on them. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of in the middle, you know, do you know what I mean? Like like you, Auntie AK, on this one, because, like, I can appreciate it for, like, as, as an art piece almost, do you know what I mean? Like, as a creative piece, I can appreciate it. Um, it's difficult. It's actually difficult because that, that is the thing. It's just, like, I do think that when black women are seen to be extremely dark it's a problem do you know what i mean like mm. and the perception like like what is like it is like what is that do you know what i mean like i think like it's not necessarily my go-to style of course like not really but i thought it was interesting i did actually think it was an interesting thing that they had done like in terms of like the the look and how they almost like the 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 skin was almost looked like it was like a black from a black and white 
image. Do you know what I mean? Like a negative, like almost like that, which I thought was interesting. Like I was interested in like the technique of even how to do that. Do you know what I mean? So I was looking at it from like that, maybe more a technical aspect kind of thing. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't mad at it, but I do get it. I do, I do get that, um, that people be, you know, sensitive to these things. Um, and also as well, this is the other thing is, it's just like, it's like in the fashion world, generally, you know, black, come, it, it kind of only comes in this, you know, if it's like held in like, apart from yeah, Naomi yeah. and maybe Tyra, do you know what I mean? But they're yeah. kind of old school now anyway, kind of thing. But like, it has to be like this, this is the, and I think that that is fetishized that, do you know what I mean? In yeah. that sense. Um, and that's, that seems to be the only acceptable look. And I always think like, what about, you know, there's so many different types of black girls, like there just really is. Do you know what I mean? And like, this is not, it's a very particular look from a particular area in Africa. Yeah. And do you know what I mean? Like, and you know, it just is not representing the rest of, if it's like supposed to be an African issue, it's not really representing the rest of Africa. Do you know what I mean? Especially the most, you know, most populated area such as Nigeria. <laughs> Was there <laughs> even really one Nigerian there. model in there? There, no, I, I actually I don't. One? One, maybe. One was Nigerian, I think. But so it's was just going on names. I think it's Ada Akech, Anok Yai, Majesty Amare, Amar Akwe, Janet Jumbo, Mati Fall, Nyagwa Ria, Abeni Nile, and Akon Shangu, um, Shankau. And I actually no, none of those now names sound Nigerian. I think that no, there is one Nigerian. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right in the sense of is there's a look, there's a there's a very petite. Featured and I and again it's a conversation about Af stereotypically African features not being seen as beautiful, and, and you're right, Auntie Shade, that in that space that it's the fashion world where you dark 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 women are celebrated. So it's that, that or or it's you you have to have European features. Yeah, yeah, there's there's exactly. no in between. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And that's what, exactly. that's what I think is missing from from things like this. And and yeah. and yeah, definitely, I think like yeah, the hair, the natural hair. Yes, I get that. However, I didn't I I didn't see it as like I get it. I do. Don't get me wrong. I really do get it. But I didn't I didn't see as like it was necessary for the styling of this piece. That's that's what I, uh, that, that was my thinking. Or like, I didn't know what the, you know, it, it, I don't know. It just, it just that's, what, that's what, I think they were just trying to make a statement. If the piece wasn't being like touted as this is yeah. um, real kind of representation, this is, what we need to do to move kind of like fashion forward, which is basically the article within it is like, this is the representation piece. This could sit on itself, but because it's talking mm -hmm. about representation, this is nothing new. Like from when I was a kid, the fashion houses, you generally did have Naomi and you had Alec, Alec Weck. Yeah. And then there were quite a few other like, um, Sudanese, tall, dark, and then you think that that's Sudan, and there's loads of shades within Sudan, but exactly. it's like there was that dark, tall woman that was like, oh, that's the other side of black beauty. And mm. they always make that woman, she's never beautiful, it's always art. 
It's always artsy. Yes. You're yeah. always dressed up in a in a weird pose and da-da-da-da with a stark lipstick or but it's never aesthetically what you would consider beautiful as art. But mm, then I you would do, you you don't do art with Naomi all the time. Naomi can be beautiful and she can be arty. It's, it's these and that to me is the cover. It's like where was their beauty? Where was the ce- celebration of the textures of their skin? Where were yeah. they glowing? It's just still dark, a luminous dark with dark clothing on. And it's like, and, and it's the same type of face. You, you could have put Alec Weck in there as well. And, and we would all be like, yeah, that's a look. Like that's, we, we've seen this look. And it's like, that's not a representation of black beauty to me. In any isn't, way it, isn't, isn't it, because you could argue that even though it's it's kind of done in that art style, it you should be able to see the beauty in it. That's that's you could you could argue that. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like why why can't you see the beauty in it? I, I think it's I think it's because I think I see the be- I see the beauty in it and I think these women are beautiful in their own right. Mm. Why you make why is it why why is it so hard? Why are you making it so hard to see? Because even darkening them upon darkening them and not showing them in their natural light, any in their natural shade, and even wearing colours to enhance their beauty. I understand what Auntie Nan is saying, where it will make it, it becomes an artwork, and so I can see the beauty in it. But why are you making it so hard for me to see the beauty in it potentially? And I think my issue that I always go back to is where's the commercialization of this look? Because that's, 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 the, what, that's what that's, I was about to say. I was like, there's beauty and there's commercial beauty. And yeah. you never, unless it literally is Lupita. Lupita yes. can do beauty shoots. Yeah. And it's like, if you're going to do a dark-skinned woman in a beauty shoot, it's usually Lupita that gets it. Or um, Ducky. Can't oh, remember yes. what her name is. Yeah, Ducky Fox. She can she can do beauty. But then there's a whole lot. They, they, what is it? It's like there's... There's 10 of them in there and they do all work. They are always doing work, but it literally is like, they don't get beauty shoots. And yeah, yeah, to me, it's like, no, this is still, it's still a part of the same thing. And just because you have a black man as the editor, it doesn't mean that there isn't a team of people that still conform to the same stereotypes. They're still playing the same games with our beauty. And I don't think it's, we should just allow it to take place. It's like, when they would have black actresses playing mammies and it's like, but we have black actresses working now. So you're still not getting it right. So we shouldn't, just because these black models are getting some grace and they do have a cover and all juice to them for this even being a step, I'm still not celebrating it because to me it's still not the right step. It's still not representative of our, our of our beauty as black people. Like, I, I just think they missed the mark on this one. And, you know, try again. It's like, doesn't mean that you don't do it. Try again. I mean, like, to be fair, they have done Vogue and, and, and there have been covers of black models of all shapes, of all shapes and size. I mean, not shapes, I should say. There have been two model black model covers with a range of shades. Yeah, I remember the- a while ago there was that one that everyone was like, sell out. Like that everyone was being urged to buy it to sell it out, and that yeah. was quite a good cover. There have been there have been multiple. So I I I think maybe again, as I guess this is why I'm in the middle of it because I get I get that these are the girls that are reigning supreme now. I just feel like this look could have been different because I could 
why yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know it's happening we we just have to move I, my thing is like move commercializing i want to have have the conversation about the fear of the dark dark skinned women and mm. the women with african features stereotypically african features because african women also have adjacent I don't know what to even say. I don't think it's not, it's, yeah, it's because what are stereotypical? I yeah, think stereotypical features are square nose and thick lips. That's the mm. stereotype of what typically is an African feature. And those are the looks that don't, aren't commercialized and on top of having dark skin. That's a bit where it's, I'm like, I guess it's that thing. It's bigger features are generally not seen. And I would say that's for, that's for everybody it's not just african women that would mm. be asian women that mm-hmm. literally like bigger features a bigger nose you are not going to see on any woman of any yeah. hue anywhere it, it's just not seen unless you're but, i don't even think white women i can't Bob think of Streisand. a white woman Ivor Streisand, who, oh, oh, um, the thing that we only have her and remember like throughout her career when she first started it literally was like sort out your nose <laughs> like constantly so there isn't, I can't think of anybody recent times who has a big nose. I don't know, I think say, like, Sarah Jessica Parker, her nose. And I think with white women, there's, there's like, you know, you have, and I, I don't want to, okay, I won't call out names. There's some, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's the, there's a very, there's a plain Jane and potentially not typically, stereotypically beautiful white woman that has managed to navigate the space and become revered in her own sense. And I don't know if there's an average. No, not necessarily funny. Um, you've got um, the woman, that, you know, Handmaid's Tale lady. She's not stereotypically pretty. Yeah. You've got um, Lena Dunham. Mm. Well, I'm saying I didn't want to call names, but I just don't want to, you know, be horrible to anyone or whatever. You've got... Uh, well, she's there's funny. A- she's a comedian. Yeah, but um, the woman that does Handmaid's Tale isn't. No, she isn't. Oh, no. what's her name? I guess there's um it's like uh is it Claire Dunn? There's uh the, the girl next door type of look. I would yeah, put the handmade yeah. girls the the hand yeah, I would handmade tells woman as like that stereotypical girl next door. I wouldn't say girl next door. She's, she's, she's not girl next door because I think um, I know I know what you're saying, like she's just not ste- like it's not it's not your typical she's more like a character face actor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't think we do that, and especially when we're talking, if we're talking about black-owned con- black content that's produced by black people that we are in control, oh, no. we haven't no. embraced that at all. The regular there's, there's an absolute look. It's either you're pretty, yeah. or you're gonna be the brethren and you're big, or yeah. you're gonna be funny. Yeah, but just a normal, gonna... a normal looking woman isn't. Yeah. Elizabeth Moss, that's her name. Yeah, it's Elizabeth Moss, and then I think in, like for whether you like insecure or not, it did pave the way for even in. For the unconventional, slightly just I just don't know, putting different looks of black women in the forefront. That's one of them that did that. One of the shows that did that. Yeah, it because Molly, I don't know what I don't know because Molly, I think um, Yvonne Orgy is beautiful, but because she has got prominent features, I don't know if um, in a in a usual casting she would have got cast. How I don't um, know what her like. Do you know what I mean? I so, think she has very much um, West African. Yeah. yeah, I have a cousin that literally looks just like her, mm-hmm. like properly. But it's it, her eyes, her nose. Like, there's so many things that you'll see on lots of different West African women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, generally, but... all together, you may get the eyes, 
but it would be with a slimmer nose. Yeah, um, exactly. It's just th- there are t- certain looks, definitely, definitely. But th- that to me isn't, I just don't find it representative. And I think it was done. Maliciously. <laughs> <Sloppily. laughs> right, no, let's not malicious. I would say sloppy. It's it's mm. just the same trope. I could have seen this in the eighties or the nineties. No, more than nineties than the eighties. I, I feel like this would have sat well in in. 90s. This does feel very nineties, actually. The look 90s. hasn't changed. It's the same. Yeah. It's the it's the same girl. I literally remember going to modeling agencies when Jessica wanted to be a model, and there was always. So it's like a mixed race woman would literally yeah. just be seen as your commercial. Mm. And then there was an arty look that was like yeah. a kind of caramel skinned woman who looked white but had caramel skin. They mm. were up on the board. And then there were super dark women. And it was, mm. it was, that was it. And it's like, what's the difference? So you have Winnie Harlow. She has exactly the same look, but she has vertiligo. Yeah. It's the same look. Yeah. 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 Jordan and also, Dunn, it's the same look. It's the same yeah. person. It's just, they just churn them out. I guess Leomi is probably, it's not too dissimilar, but she's darker. Yeah, but she's a new Naomi Campbell, as it were. Just that we don't revere supermodels in the same way, but Leomi's our closest thing to the new Naomi Campbell. I between. would say so. So it's a couple of yeah. shades darker, but it's yeah. not, but she can do commercial, she can do Victoria's yeah. Secrets. It's, yeah. But I think, um, and just to round up, because the, the, the runway's, evolving you're having you've got plus size models now and things like that you've got more ethnicity on the runway so it's just it's just you know dig deeper all right let's get the comments and move on we've got to go okay um i'll just do the vogue one so roland says the vogue cover is very fetishized but they should have definitely portrayed um various hues of melanation um and also says but again they are using people of the diaspora as the photographer are they using black designers it's done for publicity Mm -hmm. um and candy says i feel like they said to themselves let's make it black black on black 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah i definitely believe like okay look, we're gonna do that i think and i i, I don't want to take away from edward's intention and because you know edward's the editor and and he's been he has been your friend is edward an editor and a friend to be fair um, no it's true yeah because yeah no it's true like we don't want to take away from edward what he's no. doing yeah. <laughs> i mean edward's done a lot for both, he's done, you know, done yeah. maccas <laughs> moving on let's go what's made you sad mad and glad hang on hang on can we just do one more because we keep on not getting our thoughts out on this and i do think we what's should have this documented minutes, hours, on, on the black on the black podcasters and what they said well you said because i didn't I, I i summarized but you 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 summarize the story then Okay, so um, the podcast is called Fresh and Fit, and the two hosts on it, I can't remember what their names are, but it's a light-skinned dude from Sudan and a dark-skinned dude, I think he is Nigerian. They were discussing how they do not like black women. They do not date black women. And they went on to call black women night riders, Shaniquas and Laquishas, and that black women are ghetto and they are uncouth and basically that they do not do black women and um they got a lot of stick from various people and joe budden who calls himself the 
the podfather called them out and said that this is not a standard of podcasting and some men should not have mics and basically just wanted to get you guys thoughts on this and if we will ever get to the end of people using black women to to get clout oh, i can't i just i i can't i can't lie like yeah i think it was yeah i i think uh what do i think i think I think these guys are dominant. They're just attention seekers, really and truly. Like, it's just that age-old thing. It's just like, well, actually, this is just, like, a classic example of, like, self-hatred. Do you know what I mean? And, like, trying to blame black women for your problems. Like, it's got nothing to do with us. (laughs) Like, seriously, you just hate yourselves. Get some help, you know, and maybe we might talk to you afterwards, but (laughs) doubt it. Um, You know, like, I, I just... I, I I really it it doesn't shock me, but like I am tired of men like this. This is basically classic problematic black men with a platform. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like this is classic. They they should before this. This is kind of uh, to a certain certain extent like pre- preaching racial hatred, and they should be. You know, if there's a way to kind of take them off their platforms because of that, do you know what I mean? Then they that's, they, that's they exactly what I think. I mm. think this should be considered like a hate crime mm-hmm. because it doesn't yeah. it doesn't stop unless mm-hmm. something like they're still on. Unless you lose something, there's no, there's no incentive for people to not do this, and I think it keeps on coming at us. Yeah, and. Really, it's like what's the what's the consequences? Because you could not do this for another marginalized community. You could not mm. go at women like this, and and you still be able to just do a podcast later and be like, but they're, they're just not our preference. Like it, it yeah. wouldn't be okay to say that about anybody else, and you not have consequences. But it seems like for black women, you can literally say all of the stereotypes, say that we're shit, the litter, and you can carry on. Yeah, is 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 their mothers that are <laughs> is what I'm gonna say. It's their mothers and their fathers <laughs> that are this. I can't I just can't I just like really oh, it's just tiring. It's just freaking tiring. That's, that's, that's the point. I think I'm that's what it is. It. It's just boring and it's like you're using us to get numbers. And it's interesting that people like Joe Budden called them out, but even it's like everyone is complicit because and I, I I stay on this ledge and I, I get it because we we every when we do talk about it, we also talk about the fetishization of light skinned women and white women to it to, to you know we're talking about black men in our community, the fetishization of the exotic white light person is not great either. But there's never an address as to because I'm not to say it's a better experience, it's really not a better experience. And also, I don't want dark skinned women to be also fetishized and be treated like arm candy and stick shit like that. But at the same time, there's an erasure of us. You just and I say us, because um, it's it's just it's like why are you so comfortable? What and why are you so comfortable in saying that this particular shade is just not to be dealt with, and that's okay. And like and I always talk about. But this. They're saying a shade. They're saying black women. They're not say. They're not just saying. They're saying black women in total, not just dark. They said. They used the term like they said. A browning, 
No, red bone. Yeah, red bone. Maybe a red bone, one or two. Maybe, but not Knight Riders. Yeah. So I guess they're being quite specific. Well, I think it's, you know... They're saying that there's because I I said it before. I remember someone who was a, a member having a conversation, and I said there's a safe brown, <laughs> and the person because she I said that your skin tone is a safe brown, and she was offended, and I didn't mean to offend her, but I was like there's a there's a line, and I guess and also it's not it's not hundred percent representative of the community because in day to day world we see you know women of all shades in our community, mm -hmm. men of all shades, and there isn't this absolute. Uh, a complete line of dark-skinned women just all single and maybe brown women all single and then only light-skinned women with relationships mm -hmm. it's not that however there is a conversation that feeds narrative that if you're super dark or or a dark skin or a certain dark skin tone you're just not viable but these guys they 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 wouldn't be this popular if they weren't cussing black women yeah, of course, no. and that's nothing like that, Kevin you know Samuels I mean? that, and all that shit. Yeah, that's just it. So you can't you can't live without us, mate. What are you talking about? Do you know what I mean? Saying. Like it's just like what Joe Budden was saying. It's just like if you if you don't like black women and don't talk about them, don't have them on your show, yeah. don't yeah. benefit from listeners that are black women. Like, do you know what I mean? Or dark skin yeah. women, whichever way you want to call it. Like, just just cut them out. Period. If that's what yeah. you want to do, do you know what I mean? Like, exactly. don't 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 freaking because it's you need us at the end of the day. And all these, all these types would not really be in the position that they're in without black women. That's it. They wouldn't even be born without black women. This is a, listen, so like both of them. So, you know, it's like, I, I think the Sudanese one, he has issues anyway. So he was, hmm. he, he just has a lot of issues, but was Austin. totally like, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go out with a, a with a Sudanese woman. I would definitely wouldn't marry. And you know, you're just like, I say, you just hate, hate yourself. Mm. Like literally like you've got loads, loads of problems. But the dark skin dude, I am like, your mum is, is black. Your like, mum. And if you've I got see. any siblings or cut, they're all black. All, all of them. And I know when you was in school, you probably was trying to get with some black women. But, but you'd be considered butters. And I think sometimes these are scars that people wear. Like, you know, I'm sure for the other guy, he has that look like when we were younger and it was like that stereotypical, any guy from around there, you just call them Somalis. Like, even though they they could be from Eritrea or wherever, but they were all lumped in there. I'm sure he got that in America as well. It's like, you could tell there's visceral hate towards black women probably because you tried to date them and you were getting air constantly and it's like you've just got to deal with that that's therapy that doesn't mean that you now on your platform go out of your way to be gunning people it's like yeah ignorance is ignorance and you're carrying it on like you probably were bullied and now you need to have some therapy to just get over that bullying looking, that you probably suffered looking at an article apparently um gains i think they're called weeks and gains and i don't know which one gains is they argue that no race is off limits and that they make fun of everyone on the show according to the this is apparently uh, their apology or comments on the shade room he also reminded viewers that the show isn't politically correct and that he could care less about the critics however it's important for him to remember well this is what the article is saying it's important for him to remember that if viewers don't tune into his foolishness they don't get paid um from ad and revenue sponsors to support the show so you can shout and critique people but well, then, they, then it's that. The, then it's that. That's where it goes, isn't it? That yeah. who's sponsoring the show? They need to stop yeah. sponsoring the show. 
they yeah, need to be precious to sponsor, sponsor a sh show because it, it's basically spewing hate against um in particular dark-skinned black women that's what you're supporting that's what you, do you know what i mean that's what that's what your brand now represents yeah basically. you know because it's it's you know at the end of the day that's that that's that is that is that isn't it that's what they're going to respond to I was having a conversation today about that. Like black women, and we're, you know, we've said it many times. Black women are the easy targets, and men need to talk to men about their issues, and they don't. Yeah. Stop telling us what to do in regards oh, yeah. to your behaviour. Stop giving us content because if you're totally call, calling us out, saying we've got issues, what, what what inspired our issues? But I think that that what Joe Budden did, and I know he's a flawed character, <laughs> definitely. But I think I I was just like, okay, cool. Like I think that yeah. is good. That's him talking no. to other men. I thought and so. Saying, you know yeah, what? Exactly. Hold Talk up. Also, um, Van Lathan also yeah. um commented. You know, what I mean, yeah. kind of thing made a post about it. Like, so I feel like you know it's it's happening slowly, and I think they should be, you know commended for it although they are flawed individuals but they are you know they're trying to do something you know i'm pretty sure charlamagne probably has said something like there are men in that culture that are trying to you know stand up for black women really so it needs to be yeah yeah no he did and um yeah. Uh, there was a few other rappers as well that actually came out and was like, "This is this is bullshit," and that it, it definitely is a step in the right direction. Yeah. I, was, I was quite proud of Joe just because, and as he was saying, he expanded on the podcast that he also felt a little bit responsible yeah. for this emergence of the men sitting with a mic and just waxing lyrical and yeah. and being like there's a responsibility to being a podcaster and there's too many people that just jump on it and start chatting ignorant shit like it's twitter and it's like yeah it's true twitter surf you know 2012 was an absolute piss place for black women and now is not the time to do that in podcasting so i'm glad that people were like no this isn't this isn't okay that's a step in the right direction <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, it's nonsense. They can just piss off. All right, we must, we must, we must move on. Yeah. What's made you sad, mad, and glad this week, ladies? Okay, uh, for me, as much as I'm happy to be home, I'm also very sad to be here because I miss Ghana. Um, I just really miss it. I miss everything about it, the energy, the people, the food, the sunshine, you know, the way of life. I just, yeah, I absolutely miss it a lot. And I'm mad that I still have to work in order to earn money. Um, <laughs> I'm just mad. I'm, I'm sick of it, guys. Please cash at me. Um, send me money. So I, I don't know. put a cash up on my profile. <laughs> um, literally, the link Americans is in my do it. Yeah, <laughs> the link is in my Instagram, so you can cash up <laughs> me. Um, and then I'm glad that. What am I glad for? I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, that for the opportunity of 2022. That's that's so I'm glad. Like a lot of things are like, you know, bubbling at the moment kind of thing. I feel really good about um stuff coming up. 
and yeah I'm I'm very glad and I'm just generally in a quite you know right now at least anyway maybe because of you guys but I'm in a generally like quite happy place right now so yeah I'm glad all right what's made me sad I, I wasn't well yes the cold made me sad um I haven't been able to see my mum yet because I'm in some sort of kind of isolation you know before I go and see her um I haven't seen mummy yet since I've been back and um also just learned there's this uh, website called Nextdoor, which I joined when there was an incident at my flat that caused us trauma. Um, and so we joined Nextdoor to kind of keep an eye on what's going on in the neighbourhood. Um, it, it's it's a gift and a curse because you also then get to really know what crimes are yeah, happening yeah, in the neighbourhood. Yeah. Um, also, you see good things like, you know, missing cat found or services and all that type of stuff. It does get you in touch with the community, freaking out. But I was a bit sad that um, there's these two, which I found out the benefits of this place, this website, is that there's these two twins, they have um, special needs and there's two, they're two white men, they're twins, they're quite mature. They ride around on their like, you know, those mobile mobility scooters and they just say hello to everybody. They're staples of my area. And I just read on the website that one of them passed away. Um, so that was quite sad because they're really friendly and we always like say hi and stuff like that. So that was a bit sad to find out, but also super scary because also it announced that there was um, an an attempted abduction of a 10 year old boy from a local school oh, in wow. my area in my vicinity and apparently he's a white male wearing all black and latex gloves so he was on it tried to grab a child so that made me sad and a bit scared because what the God. hell okay so that's next door if you want to sign up i think every area every borough has it you can tailor it to your area and find out what's going on I in your neighborhood I, think I actually did at one stage but there was too many messages yeah yeah, yeah. it's very very message heavy because yeah, people are yeah. I, you, you learn things about your industry, your, your area. Anyway, anyway, I'm mad about the cold as well. I'm also mad as well as sad. And I'm just generally, I think somebody's auntie shot. I'm happy. <sighs> She's got a lot of shit to sort out. Um, but I'm just excited for 22 and hopefully all the things line up. And it's, it's the 10th year of the British Blacklist. So I'm, I'm excited and proud and quite glad that I've stuck it out for 10 bloody years. <laughs> and I'm excited about going forward and bring it to the next level. We're launching our talent database this year by hook or by crook. And yeah, it's gonna happen. <laughs> it's gonna it happen. happen. We will have our 10 year anniversary party at the end of the year in October during London Film Festival. Um, and just amongst that, lots of things um, to evolve. So I'm glad that I'm here. I'm glad I made it for 10 years. And also just go back to being sad of leaving Ghana, of course. Auntie Nana. Uh, I, I can't think of a sad that I have. Um, and I don't remember in the last week being mad about anything in particular. Other than the weather, yeah, I'm just a bit melancholy about how cold it is. Although it sh I should know, but every January, I just always get this feeling like, why is it so cold? <laughs> what <laughs> just why why am I here and it's just cold so yeah that's super glad because on Thursday I have a new niece her name is Jackie Rose um oh. her African names are so it's Jackie Rose Nana Bwahima Fosu I don't think she has any other names she may have Yar in there as well because she was bo born on Thursday I was really, really angling for her to have my name and to be named after me because she was born on a Thursday like I was. And Wahima is so similar to my my miniatures. Wahima, it's just a letter difference. So, but um, yeah, my advocating 
didn't go well. And it just made me think I need to try harder. So I need a child that's named after me. So I've obviously got to step up my game so that it finally happens. But yeah, my eldest brother Kwame has had his latest daughter. This is his sixth child. And I keep on (laughs) I'm going to tease him about this. Child. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you've seen the little ones. And then he has older ones, like Letitia is probably like 36. And so Mm. there's a big age range. And now he's got his latest little one. So, yeah, I'm another auntie. So I've got another little little squaddy. So I'm glad about that. Um, Can I do the unpopular opinion bit? Go ahead. I have things that more like don't piss me off, basically. Okay. I have a list. It's gone as specific. Things I don't understand, or things why why are they still happening? They shouldn't happen anymore. One of them, let me find my list, is first of all, in the airport, when you're in the airport, why are immigration forms still done on paper? <sighs> this drives me insane. When yeah. I was when I was leaving Ghana, oh my god, it was just a freaking nightmare not only did I break my suit I broke my suitcase I pulled off one of the zips by accident so and it was over and they wanted me to take stuff out I was like no I can't so I just had to actually pay for extra because I couldn't if I opened it it's it's not gonna happen do you know what I mean so and then I sorted that out had to go to different place sort that out came back and then I've then got to go and do a immigration form. It was long. It was just way, way too long. I, I just don't understand why you can't just do it online. That really annoys me. Also, people, why do two-wheeled suitcases exist anymore? You shouldn't have those because people pull them behind them, creating less space for you to walk. And they're very not conscious of it. I don't think you should sell. I think they should be banned. Like they should, you shouldn't be able to bring them on flights. They shouldn't be allowed. And you should roll your suitcase by the, by the side of you or in front of you, not behind you. I've, I've had enough of people on that. Also, Ghana, <laughs> Ghana and cab drivers, for some reason, can't go over speed bumps. Like, it's just it's just this insane thing. Like, they either fly over them or <laughs> go around them. Like, they can't, they can't. No, they're not. Can I correct you? They're not them. speed bumps. They're potholes. And they're because they're no, cars. No, no. In the area I was in, they have speed bumps. Um. Yeah. And they're going, instead of going over them, they go around them or they just flat. So you're just. <laughs> I think it's the quality of the car. I think they're protecting the quality of the lack of quality of their car. But you can go over them slowly. Like I'm not a driver, but even I know as a backseat yeah. driver, you can go over them slowly. Absolutely, <laughs> really slow. That, do you know what I mean? It's really annoying. But yeah, those are my pet. Those those were my piss me offs from my Ghana trip. I think. Those and are- on that note, thank you, Auntie. Shah. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> Um, thank you. That's when your aunties could never. Thank you for watching and listening. Um, please follow us on all social media platforms. Watch us back on Facebook and YouTube. Listen to our episodes on most popular listening platforms. And then join us next week, Tuesday, live at 5 p.m. UK time. Um, I'm Auntie AK. Goodbye. Bye, guys. Hi, I'm Auntie Shelley. <laughs> <laughs>